French fried potatoes. One Mom. potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, 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 potatoes more. Five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes more. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes more. Five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, CJ. Thank you, CJ. Episode 304, I think. Uh, we just watched a preview, sort of, to what the part two of Dune will be. Uh, Chalamet being replaced with Elmo. Yes. Tilly's jazzed Tilly's about it, apparently. Tilly's totally on board. Uh, we just watched the... Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, before we started, about what trailers have come out in the last, like, three weeks or whenever since we last recorded. Uh, Firestarter, I wasn't even aware that there was a... Remake being made. It was one of those where I remember it being mentioned, and then... Just kind of forgot about it. Kind of forgot all about it, because yeah. much like uh, Guillermo del Toro projects, Stephen King projects <laughs> often <laughs> yeah. get announced a lot that yeah. never happen. So yeah. until, like, until I see the trailer, I'm always like, eh, we'll see if that comes out. Right. Kind of like a movie that came out this week, Uncharted, uh, was first. It was in production so long that the guy originally slated to play Nate ended up playing Sully. <laughs> That's how yeah. fucking long this movie was in production. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we so we wa- I watched the Firestarter trailer. I mean... It looks good. Yeah, I mean, it looks... It, it looks good. They didn't get a white guy to play the... <laughs> I know, but yet... <laughs> They still kind of have the rapey Native American guy in it. Oh yes, is, I'm like, yeah. I wonder what they're gonna do with that, because uh, his desire to capture Charlie in the book is a little touchy now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm wondering how far they'll go with that, or if he's just. I mean, that's a kind of an aspect of the character you can hopefully just kind of excise, right? I, I think you can. I don't think it makes the character one way or the other. I mean, if no. it does, it's kind of icky. It, it um, reminds me of. Uh, but it's not George C. Scott. <laughs> right. It reminds me of the original um, age difference that was scripted for Marion and Indy in mm-hmm. the first Indiana Jones. Uh, if you don't know, you can find this anywhere, and there's record of it. There's yeah. you know, plenty of stuff written about it. Uh, originally, she was in the movie. They haven't seen each other in 10 years. In the movie, she's originally 21 yeah. in the movie. And Indy is like 35. Yeah. And they had a relationship 10 years ago. Yeah. Do that math. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Yeah. And apparently it was... Those are squarely in middle school. <laughs> not even! No, Barely! Not even. Yeah. That's like a sixth grader. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Indy. And it was... Come it, on. And I guess it was... Uh, I sure. can't remember which one of the three, whether it was uh, Kasdan, Spielberg, or George Lucas, that was like, whoa. I mean, I know it's like, Indy, you're a college professor. Surely you can inappropriately seduce older right. girls. You could easily seduce an 18 or 19 year old. <laughs> yeah, come on. Indeed. And it would still be inappropriate. Yeah. So, yeah. In that setting, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't date someone younger than you if you are both consenting adults. That's fine. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. they hired, a, I think Karen Allen was like 32 at the time. Yeah. So. Fine. Maybe that's why he goes by Indy, is so that like the authorities can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Firestarter. Yeah, uh, looks good. I, I, don't l- even, I like the girl they picked to play Charlie. I didn't even see it. I haven't seen her before. Which, I haven't either. Okay. I, I haven't even looked to see what else she did. Uh, but I liked, I liked her look, and she yep. gets a little sinister in it, which yeah. I'm kind of good with because. 
Yeah, because if I'm remembering right, the Drew Barrymore didn't really do that. No. Right? It was kind of always... But the book is written more like she kind of likes doing this. Yeah, yeah. The Drew, the Drew Barrymore character of it is very sweet and innocent throughout. Yeah. Um, doesn't look like she's ever had a mean thought in her life. Right. Uh, this girl... She still tortures those motherfuckers on the farm, though. <laughs> Which has always been my favorite scene in both oh, yes. the book and the movie. Yes, so definitely. I'm like, I'm very excited it's, to see what they it do. It is that. the most vivid section of the book, yeah. uh, and quite a chunk of I mean, it, it takes up a chunk of time, so you can tell that was also Steve's favorite part to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and we got Zach Efron. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which I, that shocked me. I'm like, yep. oh, all right, we're going to get like some more adult roles from Zach Efron. Yep. And what was the other thing that he's coming out in soon? There was some, there was another Efron. Oh, I don't know. Project that I was. Oh, it was that gold one, that was. Oh yeah. Kind of a weird turn for him. Not weird, yeah. I guess, but uh, a different the role one for him. him in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the new uh, the one we just watched was the Adam Project. Yeah. Uh, you said immediately after it was over, strong '80s vibes. It does. It's got a lot of. It's from the the team that brought you Free Guy. Yeah. Uh, and what I said to Dan when that pops up on the screen is. From the, the movie that you cannot believe was good. Yeah. You know uh, that film that you thought was going to suck yeah. until you were about a half an hour into it? And, and you, you watched like, and you watched it with your 11-year-old, and you were like, holy shit, this is actually good. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's kind of what The Atom Project is going yeah, to be. Yeah, I mean, it gives me that, like, Lost Star, Last Starfighter, yes. yep. Flight of the Navigator kind of vibe. Yeah. Where it's, you know, there, there's space stuff involved and time travel. It is a and, space time travel type thing where this kid is... Visited by his older self, yeah. which is Ryan Reynolds, who is a hotshot, yeah, time traveling star, space pilot fighter guy, fighter yeah. guy, Luke Skywalker. So, uh, and that's a it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. It'll be on my gosh, like three weeks. Oh, well. two weeks. March eleventh, I think, was the date that it that it comes out. So, uh, be excited to watch that with Colin. Actually, the whole family, I'm sure, will watch that. Um, what they won't be watching is Nope. No idea what that movie's about. I know, but it looks so good. There's there's aliens. The That's f- all I know. The funny thing about sure. it, it's the new uh, Jordan Peele. The funny thing about it is uh, I just played it. Robin was on her phone, and I just kind of played it. Well, I'd already seen it, but I mm. played it. She looked up, and like in five seconds, she just goes, is this from? And I was like, yep. <laughs> she knew immediately, and she's only seen us. Um, I mean, there's only two, but yeah. He's got a visual style. He does. You can tell. You can tell immediately <laughs> that it's him. Uh, and even, I, if, I, I even mean, before you see Kaluuya. And it, and it's a great teaser trailer because it doesn't give away mm. much at all, other than it's there's people are making a movie. Yeah. In the desert. Yeah. There's horses involved and black cowboys. Right. And something. Something comes fucking down from the sky. That's all you know. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And. They don't say the words "nope" in the trailer. Thankfully, no, I do not. Uh, <laughs> come close, come close. I'm sure that was by design. Yeah. Uh, oh, the last one was the Doctor Strange one. That was just more than. There's a lot going on in it's, that. Yeah, it's swirly sky CGI shit. A lot of it, but it looks good. Possible. Professor X, we heard Patrick Yeah, heard, and it looks like there's a scene where he's kind of pulled in what might be in front of the Illuminati. Yeah. And I, I like the idea that it might be much like the Time Lords from Loki, 
the Illuminati might be pulled from maybe different universes. universes. I, I like that idea better because otherwise it'd be like, well, I mean, the Illuminati in the Marvel Universe is like Professor X fucking... Um, Japanese Black, TV series Spider-Man. Black Bolt from <laughs> the Inhumans. Um, Tony Stark. Bruce... No, no, Bruce isn't on the Illuminati. Take it back. Um, Namor. It's filled with a lot of people we either haven't seen or saw in a very terrible TV show. Yeah. Uh, but rumor has it he might be back. The guy who played Black Bolt in the TV show. Which, uh, he looked fine. Yeah. I mean... I'm okay with that. The show looks terrible, but this seemingly has a little bit more budget behind it than that show did. Speaking of shows, there was also a, I think it was mostly stuff that we'd kind of already seen, but there was kind of a final trailer for Moon Knight, too. Mm -hmm. um, Which I'm very excited for that. I keep every, every uh, series, I'm like, this is going to be the good one. This is going to be the really good one. They've all been fine. Yeah. I, I don't know how I would rank I still haven't finished them. Hawkeye yet. I'm like four in now. You've, there, you've seen the best of it. There's just a lot of stuff, because I'm like, yeah. I'm halfway through Boba Fett. I'm halfway through that. It's yeah, I'm struggling to get through Boba Fett. It's um, it's just that, well, with both, Robin and I were talking about it, and it kind of comes down to, for me, Pedro Pascal has more charisma in the helmet mm -hmm. than what's-his-name-playing-Boba-Fett has, Yeah. period. And, so it, it's like... And the structure is fucking the show. Yeah, I think so too. Because honestly, if this season had just been Boba escaping from the Sarlacc and yes. living with the Sand People, yeah. I would have been fine. Yeah. I don't care what's going on in the town. Um, have you gotten to the scooters? Like the scooter gang? Yes. Yes. I don't know what the fuck happened in that. That is some of the worst looking CG action I've ever seen. And it's coming from fucking Robert Rodriguez mm. as the director, who I've seen home videos he did for his kid. That were better. That were better. Because there were, <laughs> there were home videos he did with his kid riding around on, like, a fucking tricycle with, like, fucking space battles and shit going on. Yeah. That he just, like, edited on his fucking iMac. Mm. That looked better than... Like, those scooters looked like they were going about 10 miles an hour through the city. And, and, and it, it was stiff. Yeah, and in some places you can see kind of the physics of tires. Yeah, it's like you I, know what I mean, yeah, like the like way I, they stop and stuff. Yeah, like, and it's like I know there's, there's I know tires there. Been, I know you guys have been shooting a lot of stuff differently than you would have had this been a movie, but yeah, it like look, it looks ten times worse than the effects in the Mandalorian, which there's no reason it should. Right, it should look just as good as the, the Mandalorian, if not better, because you should be learning from it. Yeah, sure, yeah, things should be improving. Yeah, um, it's I'll get through it at some point. Yeah. I, I've heard certain characters return. Yeah, me too. <laughs> which I don't want to spoil, but it's like, that's what I'm like, okay, if I just get through another episode. Yeah. Well, it will get better. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. But, but yeah, but so far, and, and again, I want to see if it leads into Kenobi at all, because I know that's right. coming next month, too. Is that next month? I think it's next month. Wow. And Moon Knight's... Maybe it's May, then, for Kenobi. I don't know. Or is Moon Knight May? Who cares? There's always something. It's gonna be something. Just turn on Disney Plus. There was something. It'll be something. Um, I still haven't watched. I've only. I haven't watched any of Peacemaker. I haven't either. I almost started it last night. Which is, from everything I've heard, the best of Great. all the three things we've just been mentioning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the same thing. That like, uh, and also I've 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 been reading a lot about, uh, or it's a common sentiment that's been spewed out the last couple of weeks, especially with 
uh, like Peacemaker and the success of Succession, that this model, HBO's model of still doing a traditional, hey, it's on Sunday night, yeah. you got to wait till next week, versus Netflix, dump oh. it all at once. Um, and the, the, the thing was, you know, like Ozark is one of the biggest shows in Netflix history, and season four just happened, and it kind of came and went. Yeah. But yeah, every week people are talking about Peacemaker. Every week people are talking about you know yeah, whatever they, else. Yeah, they definitely don't because I mean, and we'll see it happen <clears throat> with um, Euphoria is the other one. Yeah, we'll see that happen with um, Stranger Things because they just announced the comeback yeah. dates for Stranger Things. I do not care. They're doing two parts okay. of the season, so I guess it's going to be twice as long this season because yeah. okay. they're saying it's gearing up for the big season five, which will be the finale. Okay. Which I do like the fact that they've got an end game. I, I'm glad for that, too, now that I've heard it. Yep. But again, it's like, Christ, it's been like six or seven years, yeah, it feels like, since this show started. It's been it's been too long. Yeah. Uh, and the last, the how many seasons have we seen? Three. The last season was hot garbage, as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Uh, it, and again, that feels like it was two to three years ago. I know yes. there's been a pandemic in between. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like... I really don't fucking remember what happened in season two. I don't think it matters. Hey, Google, when was season one of Stranger Things? Let's say 2015. I just want a date. July 15, 2016. Okay, fine. Hey, Google, stop. So it's been, it will have been, by the time part four comes out, it will have been seven years. Or season four, part two, it will have been seven years. Yeah, (sighs) yeah. Whatever. Six years. I, Six years. I, I just, I, I think long, they've, I think they've, long fucking time. I think they've missed their window. Yeah. Uh, or I feel like they have. I mean, it could still be great, but some, a lot of times these sorts of things aren't. Yeah. Uh, especially when season three was just kind of a dud. And I almost, I, I'll never go back and rewatch it, but even season two, I'm wondering if that's just kind of a high on how good season one was. Yeah. That is season two not even very good? I don't know. Again, I don't remember. <laughs> I was, don't because rem- it was five years. I ago. don't remember much about season two, at all, except the young girl was introduced, the redheaded girl, right? Who right. is now like thirty eight, I think. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the problem. Is like all of these kids should not be in that hometown anymore. Like they should all be fucking gone. I, yeah, but that did happen. Two of them did move in the last one. They did. Finn, I think Finn moved. Sure. I, think. I don't know. Maybe. I think Finn moved. I think that was a big. I think that was like the big end part that Finn moved. You could tell me anything, and yeah. I would believe you. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but again, yeah, that doesn't bode well for that show, especially because so much has come. So so many things have come out because that was still like 2016 was still kind of the beginning of the new like golden age of television. Yeah, where it's like, and now like, I mean, there wasn't even a Disney Plus right when that came out. Right. So it's like the landscape has changed and there are so many more options. Netflix is doing so much more original program programming since then. Yeah. The, the, the Netflix model, though, might... I don't know if they're... Because it almost feels like... Uh, remember how awesome the Wii was? Yeah. Until there was just so much trash on it that yeah. you couldn't even filter through it so you stopped trying? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel with Netflix shows now. Yeah, unless I'm going for a very specific thing. Yeah. I don't... I, I can't remember the last time I browsed Netflix. You can't? Yeah. You, they may, it's almost like they make it so that you can't well, really they, browse they it. They do, because even if you have a list, 
your yeah. list is fucking randomized. It's never, it's never in the same order. That's, that's that pisses me off because like this is something I put on my list six years ago and I still haven't got to it. Right. Why is it showing up first? Right. I'm obviously not going to get to this, but I don't want to take the time that it's going to take me to take everything off my list yeah. that I don't want to watch anymore. Right. Because that's not an that's you know that's a thirty second process for every fucking thing and I don't want to do that. I do that every now and then. I'll go through. No, I what? haven't. It's... I haven't. And I'm sure your watch list makes my anxiety spike. Your letterboxed watch list because there's like fucking 350 movies on it. Yeah. It, if I get over 75, I have to cut it down. I mostly just did that so if something because they'll notify yes. you if it pops up on on a streaming service. I wish you could instead of putting it on your watch list, you could just there was a different thing a notify. Hey, ju- just watch. We'll do that on its own. Yes. So. Let me know when this is on one of my services, yeah. and then put it on it's, my list. Especially if it's something that <sighs> has it automatically moved to your watch list when it showed up on a service you have. That would be great. That's an that idea. Would, that would be so good because, like, especially my watch list is so big on Letterboxd because it's a lot of '90s films that yeah. are hard to come across. Yeah, and, and you want to know. When... And I, yeah, and if they pop up, it's like awesome. Yeah. Thank. Sadly, it's usually like the same six things that they tell me is. <laughs> I'm like, it went from Hulu to Amazon to Netflix. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of movies that are like that. They that just rotate like, through. Yeah, they're on something somewhere. They sign like four-month contracts and just rotate around. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we should start with, because it is still, uh, for me, five-star February. Yeah, you've um, been killing it with some movies this week. I've wa- I had, uh, and when I do five-star February, I also count four-and-a-halves. Four-and-a-halves yeah. and fives are almost the same thing to me, and it's mm-hmm. very difficult. I, I spent a lot of time looking at, uh, not a lot of time, at you and I's uh, disbursement of scores. Mm-hmm. And for both of us, you more so than me, I was surprised, there is a huge drop from four to four and a half. Yeah. You have your, your, I don't know if you know this, your most popular score given is a four. Yeah. And it's not even close. No, oh, no. And then, like, your four and a halfs are, like, a tenth of that. Well, that's the thing. It's like, because I can, I can, I love movies. Yeah. I, and I, I've been purposely trying to give more three and a halfs of late. Yeah, Because I'm like, oh, my God. But that's like, if I genuinely like a movie, I'm like, you know, that's a four-star movie. Yeah. It's Cause hard. A, yeah, because a three, I know like three is usually like, no, that should be a, your, okay, that's a fine movie. See, for me. But I don't watch two-star movies, and I don't right. watch one-star movies. You do, though. I do. You, you watched one. Uh, but it's like, it's very rare when that yes. happens. Yes, and, and you're doing it knowing it's yeah. a, I'm, I'm never going to watch a movie, or I can't imagine ever watching a movie that I think is going to be good, and then I give it one star. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Because, again, we're not critics. We don't watch every single movie because we feel like we have to. We want to enjoy the stuff we watch. So it's not a surprise. Yeah. Like, for me, it's three and a halfs and fours yeah. are, like, the pyramid. And stuff like, I mean, like, what was it? Night, uh, Night of the Beast or Day of the Beast or something I watched recently. It's a movie in which a su- sex cult offers up its young virgins to Bigfoot. Hmm. So guess what? I know that movie is garbage. Yeah. But I'm then judging it on that garbage criteria. Um, yeah. But yeah, with a four-star, four if, if it's a well-made movie that I like with good acting, it's a four-star almost yeah. all the time. I've tried to tell, when I kind of did that, the, the rating readjust last year, I tried to I tried to take it from a three being the meh score to a two and a half. And I readjusted a lot of my scores, but even, I don't know that I've given a whole lot of two and a halves. I still... Yeah. Two and a half is rare for me. Yeah. I think I gave one yesterday, actually, but it's not that rare. Uh, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I do the same thing. Um, if I just look back this month, no, I gave it a three. Never mind. 
I gave Geostorm a two. <laughs> Geostorm. That's the only two I've given. The only three I've given this month is Bullet. Yeah. In my ratings, I've got 622 four-star ratings. Yeah. 149, <laughs> four and a half. 175, five-star. Yeah. And even like a three and a half is a 298, so it's still halved. Yeah. Uh, so I was... That, that just reminded me to yeah, talk that makes about up, this. That makes up... I've ranked 1,700 movies total over my course, and 622 of them are four-star. Yeah. So... Almost a full, a little more than a full third of my movies are four star films. And again, we're looking, we're trying to watch good movies. We're not, we're not trying to watch trash. The the trash we do watch, whatever. I I was actually, uh, I I point out Bullet as my three, which is still on my scale that I just said is if a two and a half is fine, Mm -hmm. a three is a good movie that I just didn't love. Yeah. I thought Bullet was kind of boring. Bullet is great for its time. Like so. in the seventies, car scenes like that didn't come across. Right, it, if you, you didn't that, see them all the time. If you take that car chase out of that movie, that movie is dull as shit. It is a snoozer. Yeah, because I had I it because this is my year of filling in gaps, and I kind of leave that really loose and broad so that I can make mm. it into whatever I want. I had never seen a Steve McQueen movie in my life. It's one of my least favorite Steve McQueen films. Me too. Yeah, I've now seen three, and it's my least favorite because oh, uh, Cool Hand Luke that I watched. Yeah. I watched this week, or not this week, uh, uh, well, I watched the one with Dustin Hoffman that I know. Oh, yeah, Papillon. <laughs> I've been wanting, because I know that's one of your favorite words to say. It's uh, a good movie, too. Oh, that movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's his, well, from what I've seen so far, that's his best work. Um, Great Escape's also pretty damn good, though, too. That's on my list, and it's on, it's playing on something, so I can't watch it. Probably Criterion, because it's, it's Criterion disc. But it's also, it's on a normal one, too, oh, like cool. HBO or something. Yeah, well, yeah, because HBO has a lot of the Criterion stuff on there. Yes, they so, do. Yeah, because they fall into the AMC yeah. category. Uh, yeah, no. I, um, cool Hand Luke is really good. I started. Uh, is the, he in that? What's he? What is he in that? No, I'm sorry. That's he's that's not Paul in that. Newman. That's Newman. Um, I had to stop mo- watching that when there was a whole scene about yeah. George Kennedy jerking off, and I just couldn't take it anymore. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm all set with well, uh, the hard boiled egg eating scene. Is kind of like Jesus. Um, what was I thinking? The Getaway. The Getaway I bought. Get, getaway I haven't is watched fun. it yet. Um, I'm. I still have to watch The Great Escape, yeah. which I have, and The Getaway are the two ones that I have. I watched Papillon and Bullet. And I thought I watched one more. Maybe not. I guess not. I guess it was just those two. Oh, uh, not that Steve McQueen. The other Steve McQueen. <laughs> the other one. I don't want to watch Twelve Years a Slave again. <laughs> I do though. Actually, I shouldn't say that because um, that should be part of Five Star February. Um. Yeah, oh, Jesus, I, he's um, Christ, fucking, not the Wild Bunch, the other Western, Magnificent Seven, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, because he's fucking with Yul Brenner that whole movie, like in real life. Really, Yul Brenner fucking hated him. Really, so like anytime like you see like McQueen smirking at him and Yul Brenner looking pissed off, it's because McQueen just pissed him off before they started shooting. I've I've been surprised. Tom, oh, Tom's Crown Affair too. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Um, it's funny how like all of his movies get remade. Yeah, except for Bullet. Because I actually have the have Papillon on my the the new one on my uh, watch list because it's on HBO right now. So I'll, I'm. I'm curious. Oh, the Blob too, yeah. Um, the original Blob. That's him. That's him. You've seen 
the, I've, seen, I've seen more than I thought. But you've seen the 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 Hunnam and Malik Papillon, right? No, you haven't. No, because it's Hunnam. I, I heard it's actually pretty good. It's a good story. I mean, if, yeah. if it even goes by the the original, which I'm assuming it does, yeah, it must be pretty good. But both Hunnam and Rami Malik kind of annoy me. Me too. So it's like me too. Oh, I um, mean, it feels like the Dollar Tree version of Papillon. Because well, it's like, well, we can't get Dustin Hoffman, who, who was a weird little nebbish dude. Yeah. Rami Malek, okay, yeah. okay. Who's a charismatic, handsome, well, mildly charismatic, handsome man. Well, we got Charlie Hunnam. How All about right. just handsome man? Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the thing about my lifelong expectation of Steve McQueen was that he was this big, gruff, tough guy. And the coolest motherfucker ever. In Papillon, he's a very gentle, nice man. Yeah. It's kind of, that was my first movie of his, and I was like, wait, this is not what I was expecting from Steve McQueen in this prison escape movie. I also didn't think it was as grand as it was. I thought it was kind of a focused escape story, but it's like, a, it's an epic. Yeah. It takes place over the course of, like, years. Um, and it's got a very, uh, it feels like shades of Forrest Gump, mm -hmm. and I mean, obviously this is way before all these yeah. things, but things that I had seen that this reminded me of, Forrest Gump, uh, um, oh shoot, I wrote it down. Uh, and uh, Big Fish, it kind of reminds me of Big Fish. Yep, I can see uh, that. Because it's, okay, so this is a story of a guy who goes, uh, who is, <laughs> all of these people are French, yet have <laughs> no American accent. No one has a French <laughs> accent. Uh, <laughs> but they've all been uh, sent to this prison island in French Guiana, which I guess was a thing in the 30s and 40s. Um, and they want to escape. Dustin Hoffman's there for counterfeiting money, I mm -hmm. think. So he's, like, not the prison type. And Pappy takes care of him. They kind of have this agreement. Because he's also, Dustin Hoffman's character is also rich. Um, so they've also always got money up their asses uh, to pay for stuff. And in exchange, Papillon kind of protects him. And this, the movie goes on for, you know, it covers, like, yeah, a, a decade. Yeah. Um, and it is a long movie, and a lot, a ton of shit happens. It's one of those things where there's this part, and then this happens, and, that, and I know that's a great way to describe it, but separate-type mm. events that happen over, over years and years. Uh, I didn't realize that that was the type of movie it was. I really, really liked it. Um, but Steve McQueen is not this big, gruff, tough, cool guy. He's, like... He's a genuinely good dude who yeah. maybe murdered a pimp. <laughs> you never really know. Yeah. But the whole thing is based on the memoirs of an actual guy. And through the years, it has kind of been... Because, look, a lot of shit happens. Yeah. And through the years, a, there's a lot of... You know, for one thing... Right. Like, this guy, this guy obviously went through hell and then tried to escape several times and spent years in solitary. He spent seven years of his life in solitary. Yeah. And solitary there was no fucking joke. No. <laughs> uh, they, you were in darkness like 22 hours a day and most people just went nuts and died. Yeah. Uh, but there's been a lot of uh, speculation that maybe the, a, lo a lot of these little anecdotes were stories that he heard while he was there that yeah. happened to other people. And maybe those stories weren't even true, but they all kind of got attributed to him. That's why it gave me the Forrest Gump feel yeah. and also the kind of fish, the Big yeah. Fish feel. Because, yeah. um, like, in Big Fish, it's it's what a kid thinks of, like, his hero father. Yeah. And this is kind of that only, yeah, all this stuff happened to me. Yeah. And 
Like the best part, like you should have stayed with the native tribe, man. You had it fucking made. Mm-hmm. But then they just left him and went off to a different fishing spot or whatever they do. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed Papillon. I, I gave it a four and a half. It's pretty rare for me to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And I can't really explain why. I didn't think I, I going into it, I, I shouldn't, but I have preconceived notions of this is going to be a four. Yeah. It was a four and a half. Yeah. Uh, the other four and a half that I watched, uh, actually another four and a half first time watch, I finally watched Children of Men. What's creepy it's, is that takes place now. Yeah, it does. It yeah. takes place right now. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel far removed. Like, as far as just society collapsing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because that movie has been, at, like of the two movies that you really, really like that I just never watched and finally did this month, again, filling in gaps, uh, Pan's Labyrinth and Children of Men, um, Children of Men felt like, and it's because of things that have happened since 2006, mm-hmm. things that I've played, watched since then, the whole story is very familiar. Mm-hmm. It's a very, nothing in that movie surprised me. It's just really, really well done. Yeah. Um, you know where the story's going. Uh, if you don't know what Children of Men is, um, sometime around early 2000s, women stop being fertile and giving birth. Yeah. Like Like the oldest child, the youngest child in the world is some, is like mid teens. Well, the movie starts with his death with the, he had just turned 18 and he died. Yeah. Um, and like, so, and he was the young and he was a a celebrity and that was part of what led to his death. Uh, so no one had had a child in like 18 years and, and it just, it's a, it's a fascinating account of when you don't have, even if it's not your future, if you don't see a future, everyone just kind of gives up. Yeah. It's fascinating really yeah. because in reality, nothing really should have changed mm-hmm. because you could still society could still work. Yeah. In fact, it should work better because you have more... No daycare. You don't have... Yeah, yeah you don't have no to... kids. There's no kids to take care of. Yeah. Um, but like you said, when there's... When you know this is it for the human race. Like, what's the we're point? We're fucking done. And that's, and that's very much Clive Owen's character. Yeah. Is... And there's a whole industry it, it, around yeah. suicide meds. Yeah. This, like, the, you keep seeing these ads for this thing that you can... T- I can't... It's, like, called Tranquil or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That, like, hey, if you want to be done with it, we get it. Yeah. Here, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> um, but really, really well done. Yeah, uh, and he, he, he used to be a part of, like, like this counterculture revolutionary yeah. group. And it, the movie kicks off when you f- discover there's, like, a young immigrant yeah. who, who is pregnant. Oh, yes, there's big, there's big xeno, big-time oh, xenophobia Oh, so much xenophobia in this. Uh, <laughs> One of the top reviews on Letterboxd was like, uh, uh, Quiron predicted Brexit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 15 years 100%. before it happened. Because that was the whole thing. That, uh, England was kind of the last society that was still kind of holding on and somewhat intact. But it was a police state. No one was allowed in. Yeah. Um, immigrants were treated very, very poorly. Very poorly. <laughs> Uh, and the some, all of a sudden, this uh, young woman is pregnant, and she's an immigrant, so she's got a lot going against her. So the whole thing was trying to get her out of the country. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing, is, and I do like this, uh, that it ends with you still aren't really sure what happens from there. Yeah, because uh, again, it's still one baby. Yeah, like is 
is does this? I mean, because and again, it never really explains why. No, this happened. No, it just did. Mm-hmm. So you know, okay, it, <laughs> right? It, it doesn't explain what caused the infertility. And it doesn't explain why all of a sudden she is able yeah. to. So you don't know if another, if all of a sudden, like nineteen and twenty year olds are going to start getting pregnant right. again. You just don't know. But it was, you know, what would you, what would you do to preserve this one last bit of hope in the right. world? What would you do? What would you be willing to sacrifice? Especially Julianne Moore, apparently. Especially if you had nothing else to get, you know. Right. There's nothing. Yeah, it might as well be your kid. Yeah. Because it's like humanity's baby. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine, fucking awesome. Yes, I wasn't even. Film. I didn't even know he was in it. I wasn't expecting it. It was a pleasant surprise. And he he doesn't overstay his welcome. He's just nope. there to do his little thing, and it's fucking great. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, hippie the, Michael Caine. I mean, this really showcased how good of a filmmaker Cuaron was. I mean, this. I mean, this was the year that announced, like, Mexican filmmakers to the world. Yeah. Because we got that, Pan's Labyrinth, and... Uh, oh, were they the same year? Yeah. And, and uh, neat and, how I did that then. And 21 Grams also came out that year. So you also got Inuratu, uh doing something that year, too. Um, all of them, which would then go on to win Academy Awards <laughs> within the next 10 years. Part of Five Star February is Revenant. Yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, that's a good winter movie. It is a good winter movie. But, yeah... Uh, Made me an instant fan. I, I'd seen Clive Owen in some stuff, but like this film, he's just fucking phenomenal. I didn't think he was capable. I wouldn't have thought him capable no. of that because he rarely ever gets those roles, right? Especially at that time. I know I wouldn't have. Well, it's why I skipped. It's why I probably didn't watch it. Yeah, because I like okay, fine. Yeah, because well, Clive Owen is like discount whoever you want to pick. Yeah, yeah, that guy from Shoot 'Em Up. Yeah, he's in a serious. Uh, you know, sci-fi parable? Okay. My other two four-and-a-halves that I watched this month were re-watches. I did a little... I love it when I can cross off, uh, when I can cover two bases. And Glorious Bastards and Django. So I hadn't watched them since Letterboxd, so now they're officially in Letterboxd. I got a, a, a double Tarantino out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then plus they also would count for five-star February, even though I gave them four-and-a-halves. Um, do you feel like he gave... Waltz, the uh, character of Dr. Schultz, to, like, cleanse the palate after having, having to play Hans Landa. I think so. Like, hey, we're going to give you a guy who's morally good, and you get to kill a slaver. Yeah. Please let me do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone thinks I'm awful. Yeah, you know that last film where you played a terrible, terrible The worst Nazi? fucking person in the world. Yeah, we're going to, uh... Yeah, you could be a nice guy in this one. Um... One of the few films where I really actually in, enjoy uh, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Because he's one that I always have a hard time with. Yeah, me too. I know I know it originally had been offered to Will Smith, and Will Smith turned it down, because Will Smith turns down good movies. I, wouldn't, um, I don't think I would have liked Will Smith in that. I don't think. But you never know. He could have done something good with it's it. It's interesting that Tarantino wanted him, though. I know, because usually he doesn't go for that big. Right. I say that after he just had a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. <laughs> Like the two biggest movie stars of the last thirty years. Other than that, though, no, but, but I, yeah, but he's he's, they're known for doing that type of shit, like yeah. prestige type stuff. And mm-hmm. Will Smith really isn't, and if he is, it's, it's drama. <laughs> well, no, but it's it's like it's like drama. Yeah, and a lot of times it doesn't work out. Yeah, um, I know. I'm still stunned that King Richard got as many nom- nominations as he did for the Oscars. Oh, yeah, I forgot there's because it got Oscar like the best picture, got a best actor, it did get yep. best supporting actress, which I was happy for. I was, I was just like, this should not be in the best pictures. It just shouldn't. This is the one that's like the automatic 10th place discount. Yeah. Like, nope. You're, you're just happy to be there. We get it. I um, If Will Smith wasn't Will Smith, I don't think that film's there. It's funny because I wanted... 
I wanted Jared Leto to get nominated just so I could hate on it. That's coming out soon. Like in, in Oh, Morbius, you mean? No, uh, House of Gucci. Oh, you mean like out to watch? Yeah, yeah it's coming out to will. watch like... I will not. On I, I will, because I just want to see the fucking train wreck. Nope. Especially now that it got like... Nothing. Ne- nothing. Yeah, it got pretty much shut out. It got shut out of all the acting, right? Yeah, because yeah, many people thought... And I, I, I know people love Gaga as an actress, and she was really good in um, Star is Born. But it's like, is this really... From everything I've read about this film, is this really something you want to nominate someone yeah. for? Really? It, it fe- I mean, this is a classic, uh, guys, we're all going to get Oscars for this. Yeah. Let's do this movie. Yeah, and then... And it just... Awful. The, still, and again, I, say, I shouldn't say this because I haven't seen the fucking movie. But what I have seen of the Jared Leto stuff Oh, is, yeah, just the clips. ...is cartoonish. Yeah, the clips it's, are like, is this like... Is this the a next, joke? Is this the next season of American Horror Story? Like, it, it seems like a Ryan, it seems whatever like, the fuck his it name seems is, seems like show. a joke. Ryan yeah. Murphy? Ryan Murphy, yeah. It seems like, because it's kind of over the top. Kind of? Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. He's like... Okay, Leto is very over He the top. is doing a full-on Mario. Yeah. Almost in the Mario voice. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Oh, it's a me. Blah, blah. And even Give if the guy a... really talked like that in real I life. I don't care. Yeah, don't don't get Jared Leto to do that. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, it, it is, it's a tough watch. Uh, my fives, we don't have to spend any time on these, but um, all the presidents' men, mm-hmm. I watched. Spotlight, I watched. Um, seven, I watched last night. I hadn't seen Seven in like fifteen years. Seven is it's it holds up so fucking well. And that film is timeless. For such a dreary movie, it is so easy to watch. Yeah. Like. Saving Private Ryan is not. No, Seven for the longest time was like my bedtime movie. Yeah, like I, I watched. I, I watched Seven at least com- completely once a week for like a two year span. Yeah, I that I if we if I'd had Letterboxd right back then, um, it would look ridiculous because I. It's like, I'd be okay, curious. This, this I would love. Four hundred eightieth time you've seen this. Dad. I would love to see what my my nineties and early two thousand yeah, your, your VHS box days. Oh my god! I know uh, it makes me really mad. Like. Oh, I should go back and tell myself to keep a video journal. Like, yeah. everything I watched from back then. I would just, uh, my nighttime for a long time was uh, Godfather. I would just mm-hmm. switch. I would just switch tapes. Yep. Because you had, because it was two VHS tapes. Yep. Um, that's also part of Five Star February. I'll be watching that at some point. Saving Private Ryan is getting harder to watch as I get yeah. older. Like, that movie is brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I'm still, I still, I haven't seen the uh, Mellish death scene in, since probably 1999. <laughs> I fast forward through it every single time. Oh, I so cannot funny. take it. I can't take it. The, the one that I, I let myself suffer through is uh, Giovanni Rubisi, which is... It's in my liver. Oh, my God. My liver. Oh, my God. See, like, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. right now. It's just, that is so painful to watch. But it's... I watch that one, and then I feel like I've earned the right to skip Mellish. the Mellish death. Uh, I straight up cheer when Caparzo dies. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> but that, the whole thing, it, it took me, I mean, it's long anyway. I mean, it's close to three hours long, but it took me three days to watch that. Yeah. And sometimes it was like 20 minutes at a time. Yeah, when I watched it during Thanksgiving, it's still fucking, it's, oh, it's rough. It it's gets a, you. It's a it hard does. watch. Yeah. Um, Man, it's it's just so. All of the Spielberg ones are just so well done. Uh, yeah. The music, the score is great. The, I know. I can't 
fucking West Side Story needs to hear Hurry Up and Come Out. It's pretty I think it's the beginning soon. of March, yeah. yeah. Like the 11th or something like that sticking in my head. Um, another one I wanted to mention that I know you like uh, that I watched that I had never seen uh, kind of went along with my filling in my 70s gaps was Pelham 123. Mm-hmm. Um, the original? Yeah. Fucking math out. <laughs> that fucking I've, final scene. I've... When, yeah. He peeks his head back in. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Th- that movie was uh, where I said that uh, Papillon was much more epic and grand than I was expecting. Pelham 123 is much more... It's small. It's just a little teeny tiny movie. Yeah. Um, now, I don't it's know... It's the type what, of thing that, other than the remake, wouldn't get made today. Yeah, I'm curious about the remake. I've never seen it, because, uh, again, it has... Travolta. Travolta as the villain, and I'm just yeah. like, oh. When Travolta does villain, it's it's pretty I cringy. I don't wanna. Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering, yeah. like, the villain in the original is fucking Robert, Robert Shaw. Shaw. Yeah. Who's just so good. Uh, you get a... Robert Shaw, Hector Elizondo. I was gonna say, you get an especially slimy performance out of Hector Elizondo. He's yeah. fucking awful in that. Like, uh, the, the character. Yeah. Um... Uh, who is the you get uh, it was part of my reason for watching it was to get Martin Balsam to the top of my fucking list which he still is yeah. uh, he's just tied with a bunch of other people that reminds me we never went through we don't have to do it today but we never went through our 2021 uh, letterbox stats yeah, we'll have to do that next episode yeah. it'll be a good episode um Geostorm Geostorm <laughs> I still haven't watched it but Geostorm is everything that you think it is yeah it sucks like sucks out loud yeah but it's hilarious. You have to watch it. I was going to say, but I don't think... (coughs) Again, I've got to look this up because I want to make sure I get the title right. But does it suck as bad as... Where are you? Attack Force. No, but we're going to talk about Attack... I want to get to Attack Force right now, actually. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All I'll say about Geoforce is... Geoforce sucks out loud with probably a $100 million budget. Yeah. Meh, $80 million budget. Hey, Google. What was the budget on Geostorm? According to English Wikipedia, Geostorm had a budget of $120 million. Holy shit! $120 million? I was closer at my hundred. Uh, How many people did that fucking bankrupt? It might have made money, I don't know. No, it couldn't have. I'm not asking. Um, No, because in order for that, it would have had to have had at least an opening weekend of like $60 million, and I do not remember that being the number one film of the week. No. I mean, there are some pretty good effects in it. That's where all the money That's went, I'm sure. That's what gross was. Uh, hey, Google. What was the worldwide gross for Geostorm? Here is some information from the web that might possibly help. $221.4 million. According to Wikipedia, Maybe broke even? Geostorm grossed $33.7 million in the United States and Canada, and $187.7 million See, the disaster ones make it worldwide. China. Yeah. yeah. Worldwide total of $221.4 million. Hey, Google. Stop. So, yeah, $33 million in the U.S., thank fucking God for overseas. So, at a $125 million budget, making two thirty is maybe breaking even, right? Yeah. Because you figure double. Yeah. Um... With marketing, but still, so yeah. Hey, you're done. So at least it didn't bankrupt it. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it is. It certainly took a hit to the studio, though. Christ, I bet they were watching those overseas financials, like oh, from the ledge of a building. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if it came out overseas first. I'm not asking because it's like knowing that, like, you got to make up ninety million dollars. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Uh, just to hit what your budget was. 
So I was smart this week, this past couple weeks. I only watched one of the Seagal synopsis videos, yeah. and I took notes. And I took awesome. these notes like two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm not going to remember any of it, which yeah. might make it better. I think it does. I watched the synopsis, and then we're going to get... We're, after this, we're going to get to someone who actually watched a whole movie. Dan watched Attack Force. Uh, I watched the thing for Driven to Kill. <laughs> Seagal is a writer slash gangster. Oh, cool. So, so he's, he's Tom Hanks in... Um, Oh, Christ, the Wachowski... Cloud Atlas. (laughs) See, I bought that. I still haven't watched it yet. Uh, Yeah, so Seagal is is an author uh, slash gangster. Mm -hmm. He's kind of Russian when he feels like it. Of course he is. Uh, Spike Cup Girl, what was that? I don't know what that means. Um... Oh, he's got a... Okay, so in in the movie, he has a wife and a daughter. The... Actress that plays the wife is younger than the actress that plays the daughter. Of course. It's very confusing. Of course. Uh, Russian, old, oh. Russian oligarchs don't care about that. I can't remember what was in the scene, but he the guy shows both cuts. The beginning of the movie and the end of the movie are just... Uh, and they're not supposed to be like a re-whatever of the same scene. It's the same scene, but different takes. And you can tell that it's different takes because, like, different things are happening. It's, oh, it's him walking. (laughs) It's him walking down. Like, early in the movie, you see him walking home from the fucking grocery store or whatever, and he's got a bag of groceries and walking down the street like a jackass. And then kind of at the end of the movie, to show that, like, he's just right back to his normal routine, the movie ends with him, the same thing, but it's the same fucking scene. He's got the same shit in his bag, same guy walks past him. They just, it's just a little bit different. So it's just a different take. Of the same fucking scene. Just to, it's just to show you how similar his days are, man. And this is the best part about the whole movie. The poster says, they took his daughter. They did not. Daughter does not get taken in this movie. <laughs> She's fine. They threaten her. But no one takes her. No one takes her. It's literally on the fucking poster. Awesome. That was driven to kill. You could have called it anything. Yeah. Now, Dan, you watched Attack Force. Attack Force. Which, this is, this is what we talked about last yeah. time, uh, just to recap. This was a movie that was supposed to be about aliens, alien vampires. Yeah. And then the studio, or the, whoever was paying for it, uh, or whoever bought it, did not like that idea, changed the story to something about drugs, and ADR'd a lot of Seagal's lines. And again, ADR'd it with at least three different people. Yes, that's the other thing. <laughs> And it's not like it's like, okay, this whole scene, it's the same person doing the voice. Mm-hmm. Nope. It can be line to line. It can be line to line based on where the camera setup is. Yep. Like, you can go from one camera setup to the next, and it's a different person voicing Seagal. Very confusing. And none of them sound like Seagal. Right. I feel like you and I could, could do a better Seagal well, sometimes they doing the Batman voice. Sometimes they do that. You can tell it's just a different dude trying to do his best Seagal. Yeah. Other um, times, no. And I wonder if, like, because there's so many different people doing it, I sometimes wonder if it was just like, who's here today? No, I, uh, I, I, I think Dan, that's how the movie got edited. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was Not probably, just the voice, too, but with like... Oh, yeah. No, like when they're cutting it together, it's like, the editor quit? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Who knows how to use this? Great. Uh, you does, it, does anyone have any experience with iMovie? And anyone you, have any experience? You over there, you are now the editor, and you're also Seagal's voice in the next three scenes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, however you edit this, you've got to match his words. Put on a fucking headset, bro. You're going to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what it's... It, and also, can you do effects work? Because, <laughs> um... 
I might need. I might have a that's few, no. I might have a few things for you there. <laughs> so what actually happens in the movie? Honestly, I don't fucking know. Because it's incoherent. Because it's it is the most incoherent yeah. movie I've ever seen. All you know is that Seagal is the best at what he does. That's every movie. But you never see him do anything. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the Seagal stuff. Is he, the other, yeah. He's always bragging about how many languages he speaks. Yeah. Never speaks them. No. Uh, and then this. Like, but, but like, yeah, he's whatever the fuck his name was again. It was Marshall Lawson. Marshall, Marshall Lawson, yeah. Because like, in the beginning, he's there to pick his team of SEALs or oh my God, did you, special ops or did what, you, whatever it is that they are. Only, like, they're all like, oh, my God, that's Marshall Lawson. Oh, my God. And it's like, and? The the scene, uh, and this is one of the obvious Seagal rewrites, uh, or this scene needs to be in it, is when he's, there's a line, I can't even remember what it was. It's one of his team. Yeah. And I think they're in, like, a hotel room or something. Yeah. Before they went up to the bar to all die. Because most of those guys don't make it more than oh, 15 minutes no. into the film. Because Space Vampire kills them all. Oh, well, that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, one of them says something to the effect of, in co- completely earnest, like, you don't normally see a man of his... What the fuck do they call it? Basically, you've never seen a man this manly in this day and age. Yeah. Like, are you fucking shitting me? And it's like a bunch of, like, Navy SEALs saying that. And, like, Seagal totally wrote that line. Oh, and yeah. then the next guy is like... See, the first guy has got this really... You don't generally see a man with his whatever in this day and age. And then the next guy is like, there's only two things you need to know about Marshall Lawson. One, he's a bad motherfucker. And two, he's a bad motherfucker. You know he but wrote that he line. he does nothing bad motherfucker-ish. <laughs> he never, ever proves it. No. You know he wrote both of those lines. Oh, of course. 100%. Uh, of course. Um, prob- probably held the writer at gunpoint <laughs> to make him write it. Um... Yeah, I and again, the scenes that are remixed, I guess is the best way to put it, they don't ever make, like, the, the progression of the story makes no fucking sense. So from, like, literally from ten minutes to the next, I'm like, I don't know what happened in that last scene. Yeah. I don't know what's happening now. And I do not and know I, how they yeah, And together. I really don't know where it's going to go next. Right. It could go anywhere. It's a pretty common theme among the, the this yeah. level of Seagal to have, like, storylines and story threads that go nowhere. Yeah. It's t- it was so incoherent that the point when their eyes blink sideways, I didn't even fucking care. <laughs> that wasn't even a complaint. Yeah, because originally that was supposed to they were aliens, but now the drug makes your eyes yeah somehow side makes blink. you have different eyelids. Yeah, somehow. And again, it's like the guy who's going to manufacture the drugs. They're going to release it into the water supply. Why? Because you want to make a bunch of super soldiers? Because they did in Batman Begins. Yeah, I don't know. But that killed people and made each other go into frenzies and murder one another this right your plan as a villain is to make a whole bunch of super vampires that will kill everybody yes all right how, how are you going to benefit from that i've gotten to that part yeah nope and they never <laughs> yeah. do and they never do no it was like i said it was like if if we took a bunch of our sixth graders who have seen some action movies yeah but aren't good writers and had each of them write their favorite scene of a movie onto a card and then shuffled the cards, and then just yeah, and then did, the them, mo- did the most nominal thing possible to make it go from one card to the next, yeah. we would be doing better than yeah. that film was. How are we going to tie these scenes together? Well, we'll have the same character walk from this one to that one. That'll make him the same. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Okay. We'll show, him, we'll show nope. him driving there. That girl that just walked into that 
I think it's in like one of the scenes where this he, he goes to get it let into a building and they won't let him in. But the girl that then walks in after him gets in. Of course, they've been longtime friends. Yeah. They were once lovers. Oh, yeah. Best lover she ever had. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Jesus Christ. It's, it's fucking Agent Michael Scarn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, threat Level Midnight. I think Threat Level Midnight is better than this film. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, threat mid, it's Threat Level Midnight level <coughs> coherence. And again, it took it took him like a decade to make that film. <laughs> using his eye, using iMovie. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, that film. Yeah, that ended my Seagal experiment for a while. I'm like, shit, nope, I'm not following this. Up. I can't. Was it? I did cannot. you do it in one sitting? Yeah. 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 What was it on? Prime. Like Prime. It's there, on Prime. Between, a bunch of them are on Prime. Between Prime and Tubi, there's like thirty. Yeah. If you were wanting to do that. Uh, Tubi's got like 22 of them. Yeah, I, I I did the homework and found out how many I could watch. Watched one of them like, nope. Yeah. That was homework I don't need to follow up on. Maybe yeah. maybe like, maybe I'll do like one a month. Eh, that would be doable. Because then it's like, okay, I did 12. For you. You know, I did 12 over the course of the year. That's, <laughs> that's more Seagal than most people have watched over the course of a year. More than most people should. Yeah. Um... exactly how it was. So, uh, we're now down to uh, your watches Mm -hmm. and the stuff that we both watched. Okay. Um, However you want to do that. Um, I did watch Dune. Uh, You watched Ghostbusters. Those are both ones that we kind of watched asynchronously. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we both watched Hail Caesar this week. Uh, First one, I'll just talk about one that I watched yesterday. Um, Because, again, fucking, it's horror and nerd. So, therefore... Everybody's fighting about it online right now. And that's the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sorry, I'll just... Tubi, there are 21 of them on Tubi right now. Fucking right. Okay, Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Either it's the worst piece of garbage ever committed to celluloid. Right. Or it's good, you guys are just all assholes. The thing... I don't remember what I watched. I don't know if I watched Dan Merle or who, Mm -hmm. but it was fine. It is. Yeah. It's fine. Missed opportunities. Like, because they technically brought back Sally from the first film. The, the final girl from the first one. Okay. Um, it is not the same actress because she died in, like, 2014. It's it's the old white-haired woman from Mandy. I wouldn't remember that. So, yeah. she she looks the part. Yeah. Wasted. Absolute, they didn't know what no to do. No reason for her to be there? No. But they could have, very simply, with a few small changes. Yeah. Um, the premise of the story is... A, so, it's not a retelling. No, it's a forty years later. It's it's much okay. like it's like the new Halloween. Halloween it's, yep. it's a forty years later. Um, these bunch of like young adults, like early twenties, um, are have bought a town in Texas, like an abandoned town essentially, um, and are gonna you know gentrify it and make it a cool place, you know? Right. Oh, we'll open a video store here. This is a movie theater. This will go great for my fucking vegan bakery. Type of shit. Right. You know, the type of thing that the you know every single one of these people has a YouTube channel. Yes. Um, so they're kind of annoying. Um, and it's like one of the character one of the characters who's in one of the main investors in this, her younger sister is along with them, who's like 18, 19 in school. She's a school shooting survivor. So there's kind of that trauma going in. They do not work with that nearly enough as they should have. because um, it's very potent. Like, there's a scene when Leatherface is just fucking mowing people down and she starts to ha- kind of have that, like, flashback trauma. Yep. And I'm like, that's good. You didn't do nearly enough with it. Um, 
that the scene, the scene, the bus scene is the by far the best scene of the movie because it's a bunch of fucking influencers arrive on a bus to help have auctions for the buildings. So it's all like these well-to-do young people who have made internet money who are kind of wanks. And they're all dead at the end? And fucking Leatherface gets on the bus. That's and satisfying. And Leatherface gets on the bus and they're all like filming and they're like, you try something, dude, and we'll cancel you. And he just fucking goes through the whole bus. And you're like, this is worth the money right here. Yeah. Um, it looks great. Uh, like the story was by Fede Alvarez who did the Evil Dead remake and you know the Don't Breathe movies. So he's a good movie maker. He didn't direct it, but he just wrote it and produced it. Like I said, the Sally character is like, okay. Like, apparently Leatherface has been living in this town for the past 40 years at an orphanage. And there's like an old woman who is still there. And it's like, oh, this might be the one house they didn't get the proper deed to. So she might still own this house, but they're going to kick her out anyway. What's Leatherface do day to day? He just lives there. Just chilling? Just chilling. They don't know he's Leatherface. He's just, he's one of the adopted boys who grew up and never left and takes, because he's special needs. Um, hmm. And again, not many people in this town, but they all know who he is. Yeah. Like the one or two locals, like the sheriff. Oh, um, so there's still, it's not like an abandoned town. No. Okay. Well, it's like, best I can think of is like the parts of Baltimore from The Wire, mm-hmm. where everything is abandoned except for like one old lady who's been living in her house for the past 40 years and right. won't move. Um, and that's what happens, that's what kind of triggers this is the the youngsters that are moving in are like end up having this woman kicked out of the house because they're like, well, we own this house. You don't own it. They might not have. They might have just kicked a woman out. But on the way, she starts to have a heart attack because of this and dies. And then Leatherface comes back to fucking wreak havoc on all of them because he blames them for his, you know, a, his new mom's death. And Sally finds out, like, because she listens to the radio and doesn't live that far away, apparently, because she can drive there. Um, when she finds out Leatherface's back drives to go kill him finally once and for all. And there's, like, a nice scene with her at one point where, like, she she's like, you know, don't run. If you run, you will. he will haunt you the rest of your life. Which is a very cool thing for a final girl from a previous movie to say. Unfortunately, she says it after she's been fucking chainsawed through her entire chest and oh. is somehow still alive five minutes later <clears throat> enough to impart these words of wisdom to the new final girl and her sister. She could have easily switched places with who survives with one of the other characters, and it would have been a great story. Yeah. But she just literally... she fuck, She's Dick Halloran. She shows up and gets the fucking axe to the chest, and that's it. It's like, oh, all right. Why'd we wait 40 years for her to have this story? <laughs> <laughs> she waits 40 years to get her revenge, shows up, and gets a fucking chainsaw through her chest. All right. Um, the kills are good. There's, there's, it's not all practical, and you can tell when it's CG, but it's, it's a vicious fucking film. Yeah. Um, which is what I expect from a chainsaw film. So I gave it a three. It's, it's perfectly fine. It's not going to be one of my favorites in the series, but it's not awful. How many have there been? Different iterations. One, two, three, next generation, remake, remake the beginning. Texas Chainsaw 3D, Leatherface, and then this was uh, what was that eight? Holy shit! Yeah, and almost n- none of them are coherent from one to the next. Yeah, like it's it's like what they've done with Halloween. There are now like five different timelines. Yeah, as to which one goes next. I'm, as someone who doesn't even watch these movies, I don't really have a problem with that. I don't either. They're actually it's they, my it's my favorite horror series for that reason. Well, because if you have to, if you expend so much time and energy on tying them together, you end up with shitty movies. Yeah. 
shitty herb. The only the only like because like part one and part two, you don't even know they're made by the same fucking guy. Yeah, like they're completely different films. Same with like three is then harder core and four is goofy. Then you get the remake, which is actually a very good remake. The only one that's even closer close to the one that precedes it is the Texas Chainsaw: The Beginning, which is the prequel to the one they just remade. Yeah, and it's very very similar. Those are the only two that are even like close to being like same vibe. Huh. So, and that's actually what Halloween was supposed to be, right? Kind of. It was supposed to be like an anthology? Yeah, Carpenter didn't even want to do part two. They had to essentially force him to. Fortunately, they stopped at two. Yeah. (laughs) And then three, and then how many, there's, is there a dozen Halloween movies? One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, Halloween H2O, so that's seven, uh, Halloween Resurrection, which is eight. Rob Zombie's Halloween, so 9 and 10, because he did two of those. Then the 18, so 11, and then Halloween Kills, which is 12, and then there'll be a 13th one. <laughs> which I think put, puts it past Jason, for the most, at that Interesting. Because they haven't made a Jason movie since for, uh, fucking Freddy vs. Jason. That's that must have been a while ago. ago. Yeah, it's like 15 years ago. Yeah. But I guess the rights for that are now all cleared up. So expect more? I would assume. It's too big a cash cow to ever let die. Uh, you watched Ghostbusters? Yes. Fucking loved it. I don't get any hate for that movie. I don't fucking understand it. You have to have gone in... Ready to hate. Ready to hate. Yeah. And then, if you did that, I can 100% see how you could go, hate it, hate it, hate it, like a lot, oh, sure, of course they did this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did show a fucking ghost trap. So what? Of course they... Why wouldn't they? If they hadn't shown one, you would have been yeah. like, where the fucking ghost traps? I, I, it's such an how odd... How come there's no fucking gozer? You know, or how come gozer's different? Or, it's such you know. an odd thing to get riled up over. I, I can get... I don't know. I, I, I guess, you know, everything is subjective, but... No, that, that movie to me made me feel like a 10-year-old kid watching the first one again. Yeah. And it's like, what, what a great fucking movie for kids. Yeah. Like... Because I know, like, the whole big thing with the last one is, like, you know, let's make one for girls. Yeah. This does. See, and, and but yet it's not. That's uh, along the same lines of uh, what I was saying about the wasting all your energy trying to tie them together. It's like, we've talked about this a hundred times about the 2016 Ghostbusters, that they didn't, they seem to just have an idea and then nothing else yeah. because it's all ad-libbed and the actresses working, they end up looking like assholes because, yeah. like, it's all just, hey, be funny. Yeah. Okay. Keep the cameras rolling, I guess, and maybe we'll catch yeah. something. Whereas, you know what's funny? Fucking showing Cujo to a bunch of middle schoolers during summer school. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking funny. And it's nothing that draws attention to itself. Right. It's, it's like Paul Rudge doesn't want to be there as a summer school teacher. So he, <laughs> and tells them that. So he puts on fucking Cujo and then goes and works on his shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, a lot of the things that you would get as complaints, like you said, like, what the fuck do you expect? Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Of course they did this. Of course. It, it's, uh, I mean, I said it at the time, it reminds me very much of Force Awakens uh, as far as, like, yeah, they were clearly... Mm-hmm. Playing from the same playbook. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's not... I mean, we're not trying to hide... They're not trying to pull it o- one over on you. Yeah. Like, yes, that was... Yes, this is for those people. Yeah. That's why it's good. That's why... It, and there's a good way and a bad way to do that. Um, and Ghostbusters, I think, did it successfully. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, one of the other complaints I see a lot is, 
you tell me people can't remember that there's a whole ghost outbreak in the 80s? Um, yeah. I will, I can buy that in a heartbeat that people fucking forget that. Because people forget shit from fucking five years ago. Well, that was like huge. <laughs> Not to compare the two really, but like even in real world, more recent history... I'm not sure 50% of the kids that are at that middle school that we work at mm-hmm. could tell you much about 9-11. Oh, a lot of them can't. Don't even know Don't, what it is. I know this for a fact because I had to go sit with a kid during um, one of Mr. Doring's classes, and he was going over executive orders. Stellar lesson. Um, and, and one of the executive orders was dealing with the ability to form the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So he was teaching it his way, which was fucking boring me. So I was just talking to the kid on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to, and he wasn't diving in. Let's just say that. Not interested. Um, but he was like, I was like, okay, why do you think this was formed? What happened around this time? This, look at the dates. This was signed into law October of 2001. What might have happened in September, I mean, of, of, of 01? What important date from 9 and 1101 might have happened? He's like, and to be fair, oh. in our, if you were to, I mean, these, these kids that we're talking about were born around 08 through yeah. 2010. Uh, if you think about what kind of knowledge you would have had of events that happened like in the water, 60s. Like Watergate and, yeah. and, and, and Vietnam. And, and stuff that you we didn't a, have a great grasp you had a, a But we knew what it was. Kind of around the edges idea, but no, for a long time, Watergate was just a word. I didn't even know what it I didn't know it was a fucking hotel. I didn't know what it yeah. meant. I didn't know what the actual crimes I, were. I knew it was something. Nixon did something bad. Something. Yeah. But you don't know what. Um, so it's not terribly surprising. So yes, something that ha- although I mean uh, again a fucking giant fucking marshmallow man in New York City is is a different thing entirely. But how many of the kids know about the Berlin Wall? If existing, if you yeah yeah, <laughs> and if you want to, uh, if you need to have everyone kind of forget about that stuff that happened in the past, especially since it wasn't an ongoing thing, you didn't keep getting. Uh, no, giant marshmallow people. And they flat people. out admit it fizzles out quick after yeah, that. Yeah, Like, their shit goes... They don't stay... Go, they don't ghost bust for the next ten fucking years. Right. They, it seems like it's at most they, a year or two. They worked themselves out of a job. Yeah. And then people just kind of moved on. Yeah. That shit happens. Yeah. I mean, Especially, it, may, it might not have happened to that degree, but... But it's a, also a small, poor, Midwestern town where yeah. your summer school teacher is letting kids watch fucking Cujo. Right. So it's... It's it, they aren't concerned so much with history, and right. you know it's, and it's like Egon was the weird dude out on the out on that road, who yeah. only pretty much ever came to the hardware store, right, and that's and no one ever talked to him, and he never talked to anyone. That's not hard to believe. Fucking no, growing and, up in Milo, we had houses like that where you're even, like, don't know anything about that house, and even if uh, it is hard to believe, there are. St- Look, you're watching Ghostbusters. You're yeah. going to have to move past some things yeah. uh, in order to enjoy this movie. Yeah. Uh, as long as you do that, it's great. Because yeah. it looks great. Uh, it's well acted. It's well. It's, it's very well paced. Yeah, and it's a very emotional film. Yeah. Like, um, another complaint I heard is like, well, spoilers. The Ghostbusters just show up out of nowhere. Yep. 
Did you expect a montage of them, like, packing? Yeah, because that, that kind of takes away Did the... Did you expect to have the phone calls from Ray, you know? Right. Like, hey, we got to go get our stuff, and... and that's well, the other it's thing. part of like, what kept it moving. People's like, oh, I thought Egon took all their shit. Well, maybe he thought he did, but he didn't. Maybe he took all the major stuff. Yeah. They all I, I'm, I, I assume they all had at least one of those packs at fucking home. Yeah. Just in case, you know? It was shit that you can nitpick, but fuck, do you have to get nitpicky to do yeah, it? Yeah, and and, and at that point, you you're not even close to being in, engaged with the film. Thank you. Yes, that's it. If if you're if these are things that you're going to nitpick over, then why are you even watching it to begin yeah. with? Because what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Yeah. What were you expecting to happen that that didn't, or that you were like, oh, I can't believe they had proton packs? Well, fucking yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they brought back the same villain. Well, yeah. It's a world-ending villain. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Gozer does. Yeah, and I like how they tied that together. Yeah. That the guy who built that building also had some other shit planned. And he didn't like, put all of his energy into just doing this one thing. And where your more cynical people would see that as lazy, I would say it's necessary or otherwise it's not a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. It's like, just more world building. And I of course know, I, then, you know, the place has been having all these, you know, seismic activity, but then you go and see that like, oh well, fucking Egon set some shit up. Yeah. To prevent it. Like and then, you know, you learn what is like what happened in the opening scene. And I like how they shot around the fact that Ramus is no longer with us. Yeah. And then that then they put him as an actual ghost. And didn't try to do the voice or anything. No. I, th- uh, I mean, that fucking, that was like heart-wrenching when it was, like he that, showed up for it's, her. It's funny because uh, I, we both of us have criticized similar things in the past, but for some reason it's okay here. It worked here for some reason. Well, I think it, it because it's got the blessing of everyone. Yeah. Like, I mean, and Ivan Reitman also just passed away right. this past week. But, like, you know, it's his kid who made this film. Right. It's a kid who grew up on the set of Ghostbusters. Right. He's got the blessing of everyone to say, like, you know what, this... And it's respectful. It's not like they yeah. plastered it all over, like, you know, and we're like, oh, well, we're going to do a fucking, you know, CGI fucking Tupac yeah. in, this, in this fucking concert type of thing. <laughs> it's... It, it, it's a great tie-in to what... I mean, because this film is all about, you know, family. And, you know, whether it's the ones you make or the ones you're born to and what you do with your gifts that you're Who did given. Connor for real oh, perform shit. with? I can't remember shit. how. Fuck. Yeah, but it's not like that. Sorry, that's my brain just fucking... Yeah. Who that star. <laughs> when he goes, that's a real hologram. That costs a lot of money. Yeah. That's that's that needs a rewatch. I haven't watched yeah. that in a while. Um, but no, this it was a delightful fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I had a smile on my face from pretty much beginning to end. Andrea fucking loved it. Yeah, I mean she's from our generation too, so she. And again, she's a girl, but guess what? She enjoyed it just fine without it pandering to girl power shit. Right. Um, not saying that that's always a bad thing when there is girl power shit, but when it's but made it specifically can't be the only for thing. that, yeah. it can't be the only thing. Because that girl is one of my favorite fucking characters in the Ghostbuster franchises now. Mm-hmm. She was fucking she, awesome. She nails the... Uh, she's not doing a straight Ramus. Yeah. But you can... But it's like... 
I, I think she does a really good job of, uh, okay, look, you're this, you've never met this man, yeah. but you have a lot in common with him. You just don't know it. Yeah. You're kind of like him and you just don't know it. Yeah. She handles that really well. That's yeah. not easy to do no. without like outright yeah, just she, doing a version of yeah, that she, character. I mean, she has the glasses and the, the hair, so she kind of looks like him. Yeah. But yeah, she'll do like some of the mannerisms. But it's not a, she's not aping him. Right. And she has similar humor, but sort of different. Yeah. She tells horrible jokes yeah. that are funny because of how bad and they are. And she's smart without being overbearingly yeah. smug about how smart she is. Because she also kind of just doesn't want to bother engaging yeah. with... <laughs> her only friend is her. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> who, who that character should be annoying as shit. Yeah. But he was endearing. Yeah. I enjoyed him. Uh, I, that That's the only character that I can see. Okay, if you had a tr- problem with him, then fine. Because he was a little exposition dumper. Yeah. And he was he actually played played the role of the exposition dumper and the person that's there to explain things to. Yeah. So he actually served two roles. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty much the only reason he was there. Yeah. Uh, I, I would... Uh, I'd be okay if someone didn't like that character. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't bother me. And, like, um... Maybe, might bother me on rewatches. If, if people don't like Finn, his character, I get it, too. Because he, he doesn't have a big purpose in this film. I think he's just there to capture, hey, you like Stranger Things? You should watch this. I, I don't get it with him. I don't either. I know he was, as a tw- he was kind of an adorable, dorky-looking 12-year-old. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't, yeah. And this is going to make people mad, like my niece, but like I don't get it. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't see it with him. Like, yeah, just go for Chalamet. He's the same thing, only talented. You couldn't get Chalamet for this. <laughs> oh God, no, no. But I mean, like, for, like for your niece having a yeah, crush. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. If you have a crush on Finn, should just, I have a? I have a crush on Chalamet. Just yeah, just crush on Chalamet because he's talented. And, and literally, so- Finn looks like he's cosplaying a Chalamet most of the time. He looks like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of Chalamet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I I, I I don't see him. Do you see him like going on to be a big actor later in life? No, I don't. I kind of feel bad saying that, but like I just I don't see it. Yeah. It's well, it's like wa- watching Stranger Things, especially in retrospect now, because like Dustin has always been like a, a Broadway kid. So oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that kid can sing like a motherfucker. Hmm. He was in Les Mis. Like, that kid can belt it out. Even um, with soft teeth? Even with the soft teeth. Um, you, it's really uh, obvious that Millie Bobby Brown is the most talented one of that group. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, what, um, oh Christ, the other, Will. Will's good. Mm-hmm. But like, he'll be one of those guys who's like, in good and later stuff in small, small roles. Yeah. When you're like, oh yeah, that's the kid from Stranger yeah. Things. He's never going to be, he's, his name's not going to be on any posters. He's not going to be above the title. No. Never. No. Um, yeah, and un- unfortunately that's, I think, what's going to happen to most of the kids in that show. It's, it's what happens to, kid, to most kids in most shows. Yeah. I mean, it's just. It was just, this happened to be a big fucking like culture the, It's show. still, uh, and this is totally switching gears, but it is unicorn-like rare mm-hmm. that the Potter people nailed that cast. Yeah. It's wild that they got those three at age 10 or whatever. Yeah. 
and all three turned out to be really good actors. Yeah. Like, as adults. Yeah. Because there's a difference between being a good kid actor, being a good actor as an adult. Yeah. Uh, just because you're <laughs> a good... Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. Just because <laughs> you're a good kid actor does not mean that's going to translate later in life. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, the cuteness is doing the work. Yeah. Uh, but, like, all three of the main cast, and frankly, a lot of the supporting cast in Harry Potter... Oh, fucking... Ended up being really <laughs> good actors. Kind of became a big deal. Uh, yeah, uh, the biggest deal. Yeah. And ironically, for a movie that he did not have to do anything in. Nope. A series of movies that he did not have to do anything in and hates, I yeah. think. He, yeah, oh yeah. Um, but hey, it got him to where he is today and that's fine. Yeah, it made him enough money where he could then do what he wanted to do. He's fucking Batman now. Now he's Batman. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's... It's rare that you that the that the cast mm-hmm. is it goes on to continue to to do good work. But yeah. Uh, yeah. long story short, I do think I, I feel like uh, Finn Wolfhard is the most forced part of this movie. Yeah. Is that like quit trying to make Finn happen? <laughs> I'm gonna put him in this movie. Yeah. People um, are gonna love him. Yeah, I mean, especially when there's so much talent in that film, mm. you don't need him. No, not really. But yeah, Sherry she, Coon's excellent in it. Fucking Rudd is his usual ruddy himself. Um, you've got a great new fucking marketing in the goddamn Marshmallow Men. Those things are fucking hilarious. Mm. Like sadistic little fuckers. Mm. Like when they're melting themselves and shit. I'm like, this is dark. Yeah, that was actually the most unrealistic part of the movie is that there was a, a grill set up that had gas connected to it. It's yeah. very dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening in a Walmart. In a Walmart, yeah. <laughs> and that's what really bummed me out. I'm like, is there a Walmart exclusive edition of this? Oh. And there really wasn't. And I'm just like, that seems like a miss that's for a them. Considering they're all over the place. But it's also, it's very true, in a tiny fucking town like that in Oklahoma. But Of course, the- there's going to be a Walmart, and that's about it. In the yeah, in the especially in that part of the country, there's towns smaller than Milo that have a Walmart in them because yeah. they're just fucking everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because so, there's nothing else for a hundred miles. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, um, if they do another one, cool. If they don't, also. Oh, cool. I think they're already. Oh, I'm sure they're going I'm, to. I think there's a trilogy. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm wondering how I'll feel about that, because I think this is just a perfectly well done conclusion to the to the prior films. I guess it depends on it. See, it's how well is it going where to be you done? go, yeah. uh, and if there's a reason for it to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can come up with something. I think they will. Whether or not it's a good reason, who fuck knows. Yeah, I mean, money is going to to, uh, make this decision. Money has already made this decision. It made a shitload of money, so they're going to keep making them. And, and, like, whatever, I don't care. If the next one's bad, the next one's bad. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll be happy we got this one. Right. Well, I'll I'll think of it the same way I think about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I think the Skywalker movie sucks. I've never watched it since. (laughs) I've watched it one time. Um, But Force Awakens is great. I love that movie. Yeah. Although I haven't watched that in a while either. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I haven't rewatched that in a long time. Maybe I should. Uh, Hail Caesar or Dune? Let's go Dune, because I don't have a whole lot to say on Hail Caesar. Okay. Dune, then. Chalamet. Oh, back to Chalamet. Um, 
Dune is what blockbusters should be. Yep. Um, it's... I gave it a four and a half, and just sitting here thinking about it, I don't know why. I think I might... I can't remember if I gave it a four and a half or a five. I think I might have given it a five. But... I can't really think of anything wrong with it. The only issue I have with it is it's not a complete story. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I wish Warner Brothers had had the confidence in the film. To make it six hours long and do the whole thing? Nope, to do... (laughs) But at least to have the next one ready by this summer. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. You know? Like a Lord of the Rings type Yeah, so it's like, here's part one, part two's coming out next year. Because we saw what happens with it when there's too much time in between. Yeah. Uh, You lose some shit. I mean, granted, there's no cast of kids in this where all of a sudden going to shoot up a foot and so that you have to CG him to make him look younger. Right. Um, you're not going to have that nightmare. But. But, still, I, it, I, to your point, um, well, it kind of ties back into the same thing we were saying with uh, uh, Stranger Things. Oddly enough, we're very, we're very Finn Wolf hard today. Yeah. We're very Finn Wolf heavy today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once too much time passes, it's not just that. It's that you just kind of lose. Mm-hmm. I think the, even the actors, they lose the... You kind of get into a pocket yeah. of, of a character, and then the character just feels a little bit different the next time. Yeah, well, I mean, even... Because that dude has done, like, five movies since, yeah. well, just, since the first just, one. I mean, just look at what the Lord of the Rings films versus the Hobbit films. Mm. They do only even feel like they were made by the same fucking guy. No. It's like some Well, they kind of weren't. Yeah. He was so disgusted, I think, by How the time Hobbit came away. And I know Ian, Ian McKellen was just downright distraught. Yeah. He was fucking hating life during the filming of The Hobbit, which really kind of breaks my heart. I know. Like, Ian McKellen should be able to enjoy whatever he, should, he has. He should be, at, especially at the age that he was at that point, which is in his 70s or whatever, he shouldn't be working anymore. He should be having fun, and yeah. he was not having fun no. on The Hobbit. And you can see it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still a pro, and he's doing his job, but... So so that's what I worry about Dune. Mm. Especially because this is the this next one is the one that has to do... I mean, the first one had a lot of the heavy lifting. Because this is where you have to explain a lot of shit. But they really didn't. And it, but, it, and it, but it worked. Would you... Uh, I'm curious. It's tough for me, because I've read the book. Right. That's so I, why... And I've seen every adaptation. I've got to watch it with Andrea. She hasn't watched it yet, and she's never read the book. She's okay. never seen the movies. She's a good test, then. I was just going to say, I'd be curious to see what someone who... Oh, I watched it with someone who hadn't read anything. She Robin liked it. Yeah. I should ask her more. Because I'm wondering how much of it... How much of my enjoyment came out of... I didn't need all that. I didn't, I didn't yeah. waste any energy yeah. trying to figure out what the fuck they were What's talking the about. What's the spice trade? What is happening? Um... What are all these planets? Who, who 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 the fuck is this person? I still it's actually not explained at the point that I'm at anyway in the book, and it's not explained in the movie like where the spice actually comes from, just that it's there. Yeah. Is it worm shit? That's what I'm going with. I feel like it's either worm shit or stuff they just chew and spit back. Some out, sort of a byproduct. Some sort of from byproduct the, of them existing. Yeah. Maybe it's shedded skin, worm skin. That's a good one. Yeah. You know. I mean, maybe they explain it in the later books exactly what it is, but I'm not. I'm looking I've over been. at my lovely new print that Dan got me for Parasite, and the, the peach fuzz is very it's similar very, it's to Dune Orange. Um, but, yeah, this, this film is 
gorgeous to look mm. at. I mean, you should expect that with Villeneuve. It is a, it is flawless visually. Yeah, um, especially considering really, how much it's C- really how much, something how much CG is used yeah, in this film. It's really, that something. just is seamless. Yeah, um, the sand um, effects. It makes me mad that like the pandemic cost me a chance to view this in IMAX because mm. I can just imagine how fucking phenomenal this would be on a giant IMAX screen. Yeah, uh, but the IMAX place in uh, near Portland is no longer open. Really? Yeah, the one uh, right down the street, not not near Saco, the one that was like yeah. right down the street. Yeah, it's cl- it closed. Huh. During the pandemic, and yeah. has yet. I think it's reopening, but it, I don't think it has yet. Or if it has, it might be now, but not when fucking Dune was coming out. Yeah. Um. Great, great casting. Yeah. Um, the only downside of the cast is that there are so many stars in it that are so well known for other things. Yeah. It's hard not to be like... Oh, look, there's Drax. Oh, look, yeah. there's Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, look, there's Lewin Davis. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, now you can say, oh, look, there's Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's fucking Cable. There's, you know... <laughs> there, there's a whole lot of mo- Marvel movie actors in this, that's for yeah. sure. Um, Chalamet's great, though, as Paul Atreides. Um, I mean, yeah, and you don't even fucking... I mean, you saw a lot of her in, in like, the... The weed up, but like Zend- Zendaya is barely in this. Yeah, that's um, I, Javier Bardem's barely in this, right? Um, I do, mean, you still haven't done your No Country watch, so we still haven't we haven't been able to do that yet. That's coming right up. Okay. That's coming right. That that will be. The, I'm finishing up my my Cone Brothers this week. Have you watched everyone? Um, by the time I finish, I will have, hmm. because with the exception of Burn After Reading. And Lady Killers, because I watched both of those within like the past six months. You know what's interesting is that uh, you, I think I've watched eight this month. Well, Mm -hmm. since like mid-January. And you've watched like 12 12. or 13. But both of us have watched, okay, so putting it this way. You've watched four more Coen Brothers, and I'm doing air quote Coen Brothers, uh, than I have in this past month or so, but we've watched the same number that were directed by both. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all called Coen Brothers, yeah. but Joel is doing it most of the time. The, the He's one credited. Directing. With yeah, with director. Time, yeah. Uh, Ethan is only credited as a director. I mean, he co-writes all of them, and I'm sure he's there every day and all that. Uh, but he's only credited as a director on, I don't know how many, but both you and I have both watched four. four. Yeah. Um, but it is funny that even even there, I think for both of us, he's number two so far for the year. Yeah, I think he's my number two now, too. I have, like, four guys that I've watched four of, and then uh, Joel at eight or whatever. But before we move on from Dune, though, uh, the true fucking heroes of Dune, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, that's mm. the Baron, he's not on screen very much, but fuck, the stuff they do with him is so awesome. He does a really good, uh, I'm sure it's what they were thinking of, uh, Looks like the, the the guy from the Stink Fist video coming out of the oil thing. Yeah. I'm sure that's right where that was ripped from. Oh, yeah. And uh, someone who is quickly becoming one of my favorite people in movies, Rebecca Ferguson. Mm. She is so fucking good in this. Yep. And, I mean, after Doctor Sleep, it's just like, okay, I just love you in everything you're going to be in. She's the best thing to happen to the... She, re, for me, she revitalized the Mission Impossible franchise. Yep. Uh, geez, yeah, I hadn't even thought it, about it that. It kind of started to be samey. Uh, and 
they would pull in like a, a Jeremy Renner and he'd be there for a movie or two and it's like, eh, fine. I've barely but, seen, I have not seen her in nearly enough stuff. She's been in a lot. But her addition, and I hope she... Ooh, and she I, was in Hercules. Really? With The Rock. Mm. Uh, her addition to, to the Mission Impossible movies has given it... Whoops, I just broke my thing. Uh, given it new new life for me. Even though I enjoy everyone, but like now I kind of look forward to what they're going to do with her mm-hmm. and, and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, she's terrific. Uh, and, and, of course, I uh, don't want to give too much away, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I have a movie that's been redone a couple times. Did you watch the miniseries? The, like, oh, the old one with William Hurt? Yeah. Y- yeah. Couldn't fucking tell you anything about it. No. I guess that one is, I, from what I, I just watched a couple things this morning. I remember it being fresh. Yeah, but it was that it was cheap. That it was, and it's pretty faithful. Yeah. Uh, whereas the original, the 82, <laughs> 84, is not faithful. Yeah. Um, Fucking Lynch did his own thing. Yeah. That is for sure. But yeah. again, they also... I mean, because it's, it's it's one of those fucking... It's you, his... You know, uh, Eldorado things that there's a four-hour cut somewhere out there of his... Yeah. And it's like, it'll never see the light of fucking day. Um, but they had to cut it down to a little over two. Yeah. So, of course, it doesn't... It's not fucking cohesive. It's artistic as shit. Um, I highly also recommending watching the documentary Yordorowski's Dune, which is... Um, the the reason we have Alien, actually, because um, the film director Alejandro Jodorowsky, who, you know, like, hung out with, like, Dolly, he's, like, on that level of fucking weird dude. He still makes stuff. He's made comics and stuff, too. Uh, very creative, interesting individual. But he was going to have Queen do the music for it. Uh, he pulled in, um, like, Giger Could to probably, work on it. Probably still get Rami Malek to do yeah. it. Uh, Dan O'Bannon, who... Uh, basically, a lot of the people who ended up to go on to create Alien mm-hmm. were a part of this project, and this is how they knew each other. So when it came time to make Alien, that's how Alien kind of got made. Huh. Um, very cool document, and this this makes me even happier too. A bunch of fucking like, because um, he had he had these very elaborate notebooks that he kept. Like, it shows them in the documentary. They're fucking super cool. It's like Guillermo del Toro. His notebooks times ten. They're uh, that fucking cool. Um, Kevin Spacey in seven levels of yeah. Um, Call back to what I just watched and last night. They put one out for sale, and a bunch of people like fucking NFT bros uh-huh. bought it, and they're like, "We're going to use this to make our own Dune movie." Okay. And people are like, um, y- "You can't. Please don't." Yeah. <laughs> y- you don't have the rights. You just bought the notebook, guys. Yeah. I- I'm sure they'll end up like publishing pages of it as a fucking NFT. No one fucking. I, the, the sooner that shit goes away, the happier we'll all be. <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't either. Which is soon, a, I don't. I don't get. It's like I, 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 I can do that too. It's called screenshot, and then I, I have. I, it. I understand what you do. I just don't. My big thing is, and I don't want to get hung up on NFTs or I'll fucking bitch forever. What makes? Okay, even if you want to say because they're all well, it's just like baseball cards. Okay, fine. Or it's just like art. Fine. What makes one ape with a hat on and a cigar worth more than an ape with a sailor hat on and stubble? Because at least with baseball cards, you had the talent it's, of the player. Yes, it's tied. The, the cultural importance right. of the player, along it's with tied the, to printing, the printing qualities. Because you can have a fucking, you can have ten different Mickey Mantle rookie cards. Yes. Some are worth dog shit. Right. Because they're trampled and ruined, and right. others are worth whatever they're worth because they're fucking immaculate. Right. 
you can't degrade. Well, I mean, technically, you can degrade a digital image, but there's no. You're you're creating the scarcity, yes. not like oh yes. well, tops only printed X amount of these that year. That's all there is in the world. Yeah, it, you literally cannot make another authentic Mickey Mantle rookie card, right? Because you just fucking can't. You can. Who's to stop someone from making like that same fucking picture with the eight book? It's just got a different coin now or whatever the fuck that and is. I, that's fine if you want to say, well, I can also get a print of the Mona Lisa, and it doesn't mean I own the Mona Lisa. Okay, fine. But the Mona Lisa, there is there is talent behind it. There is it, it was it's five hundred years old. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I I just can't wrap my head around. Other than you saying it is, mm -hmm. why is this worth more than this? And to who? Yeah. Because like if you if you buy an initial NFT of an ape with a fucking headband and red eyes. And then you can't just be like, yeah, I bought this. It's worth, I don't know, a million dollars. Yeah. Fucking who? Who yeah. said? Like, who? Well, well, sadly, in this day and age, someone will. <laughs> someone will. I, 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 yeah, it's I fucking bonkers. I don't get it. That's okay. why we like movies. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you imagine making a movie the same way? Like, we've made this movie. One person gets to watch it. That's it. Just that one. I, I don't know. I don't... I don't it's all. It all falls on. It's just like every other pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. Whoever the last one in is going to lose everything. Yeah, because somewhere along the line, people are going to get boned hard. Yeah, because there's nothing there. There's nothing. Yeah, a hundred. Okay, so five hundred years ago, Leonardo da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa, and a million people a year go see it now. Mm -hmm. Five hundred years from now, you are not going to be able to tell a bored ape <laughs> from. That fucking CG picture of Tom Cruise on my TV right now. Yeah. And tell me that one is worth a million dollars and the other one is just a fucking thumbnail on yeah. a YouTube video from Mr. Sunday Movies. Yeah. You know, like that's the thing. I don't, just, see, I, I just I don't, don't see a future fucking, Thomas Crown movie where he goes and steals just where, he, where he goes and steals a JPEG. <laughs> I just I don't get it. I, and and the the funny thing is is the 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 like. The NFT bros are like, yeah, I know, you just don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, no. I don't get it. And no. they're like, yeah, you don't get it. No. On that, we agree. You're right. I, I don't I, get I, it. I get the basic economics of it all. I, know, I think it's stupid. I know that you, we agree that I don't get it. You're laughing at me for it. And I'm over here thinking, yeah, I don't get it. Yep. You fucking moron. Again, I love the meme where it's just like whenever some, like, someone starts to explain, just go, oh, like Beanie Babies. Yeah. And that usually gets them angry. Uh-huh. But it's... It's just, you know, the it's stuff wild. gets artificially inflated. Because, like, we literally went through Andrea's grandmother's Beanie Baby collection recently. <laughs> Ended up giving, mo like, giving most of them to, like, a yard sale bag. Because it's like, oh, and there were, like, four of the Diana Bears. Which, like, once upon a time were, like... Big bucks. Holy shit, you can get a lot of... You, you know, you, people thought they were sending their kids to college for this shit. Yeah. It was artificially inflated by the fucking corporation making them. And then eventually people stopped caring, and now they're just fucking cute stuffed animals. Collectibles can't just be valuable. No. There has to be something. There's yeah. got to be something to back it. Whether it's the talent of a player, yeah. or the popularity of a movie, or the rareness Yeah, scarcity of it. and time. Uh, you can't... And there's no... I don't think there's an NFT bro on the planet that could look themselves in the mirror 
if you ask and, and be truthful, if you were like, if this, okay, you're saying this thing is worth a lot of money because mm-hmm. it's rare or whatever. There's only one fucking ape that has a fucking that color cigar. But I don't fucking yeah. care. You only think this is great because mm-hmm. you've been told by other bros that it's worth money. If someone just showed you this mm-hmm. and said, hey, here's a picture I made in fucking, I don't know, whatever you draw that stuff in. I don't know. The, the, like when Autumn draws up tattoos on her mm-hmm. tablet and can like you know, yeah. change the colors. And it's fucking cool. They have these cool things with, that you can do with style and you draw with stylus and stuff. You couldn't have showed uh, five years ago the biggest NFT bro in the world, if you showed him the ape that he now owns Mm -hmm. and thinks is the greatest thing ever, if you showed him that picture five years ago and said, hey, what do you think of this? They would have been like, it's a fucking dumb drawing of an ape. But now that you've told him that it's worth money, the value of the item can't be derived from you saying it's worth money. Well, this is actually a weird little tie-in to both apes and collectibles. Um, uh, Andrew and I, last weekend, because we went to visit Tristan in Machias, and on our way back, we always stop at Route 1A Collectibles, yep. that weird little, you know, antique shop. Yep. I think it's under new ownership. There's a lot more stuff geared towards people our age there now. Mm. And one of the things I purchased, I purchased two McDonald's collectible glasses from King Kong 1976. Ooh, I love those. I do, too. I love the, the McDonald's I glasses. fucking love them. As I'm picking them up, the guy who owns the shop is taking He's like, oh... You know, do you collect a lot of these? I'm like, yeah, I try to pick up most of the glasses. He's like, what's your most valuable one? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I honestly can't tell you what any of them are worth. Yeah. You can't? I'm like, no, I just, I really like them because yeah. I remember buying, because this kid was probably like 30. He's, I'm like, I remember buying them at McDonald's and how cool that fucking was. That is where they derive their value for me. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, is the, is the, price in line with what you'd expect for these. I'm like, I didn't know these existed. Yeah. Like, I honestly did not know they made King Kong cups from the 1976 film. Yeah. Don't know how many are there even out there. There are four. I got to get them all now. Um, but they're all, they're all usually right around like 12 to $15. Sure. If he had said, oh, is this the value? Is this how the price you expected? I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know they existed, dude. Right. They're worth two for 20 and they're two for 25. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep. Oh, is that a good... So you think that's a good price? I'm like, it's it's a price I would pay for. It, it so, was, yes. It was good enough for me today. Yeah. It's... I didn't go, holy shit, this is really cool, but that's overpriced. Yeah. And I didn't go, oh my fucking God, this is the greatest steal of all time. I went, I've paid about that before for my Indiana Jones ones or my Star Wars ones or my fucking great Muppet Caper ones. Well, the... the If you had seen a price of like 100 bucks on the set... Yeah. You might have said... I'm not putting words in your mouth... Oh, I'm not paying that. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Because I get there are the, some of the Star Wars ones, people definitely do sell like the Empire Strikes Back set yep. for like 100 bucks for the four glasses. Because again, you're getting all four glasses at once. They're all in great shape. Um, but I also don't ever want to buy them off eBay and shit because I don't want them shipped. Oh, right. Um, I mean, I would, I would probably do that for $12 for a single one. Yeah. Because if it comes broke... Fucking sucks, but I'm only out twelve dollars. I'm not out a hundred bucks, and two of them, two of the four came broken. Because at well, that point, for me, the price is yeah. part of the convenience of you're getting all of them at once. Yeah, but yeah, this guy could not let go of the fact that I didn't know how much they were worth and didn't care. 
It well, was a very. I mean, I get it. he's an antique store owner. That's his stock and trade. Yeah, and that but, that's a. I, I get that. Yeah, but again, dude, when I'm just saying, I'm not scamming you. Yeah, I'm not walking out of there going. <laughs> I'm yeah. literally telling you, I love these fucking glasses. I've every time I've ever seen one of these that I don't own, I buy it. And if it's a good price. That's where collectible value has to come from. Yeah. Because what ruined, I mean, it's making a huge comeback now, I guess, but what ruined sports card collecting mm-hmm. was when the companies started saying, this is worth the most. Yeah. This is our best one. This one's worth more than that one. The, the value has to derive from, oh my God, 90% of these ended up in bike wheels. Yeah. And I there's only so many of them left. I don't and, care that it's got a fucking hologram and right. a piece of game used uniform. Right. I, I fucking don't. Right. I just want a card of a of a player. Yeah. That's what that's what made it that's what made card collecting worth it for me. Because when we collected, they didn't have the super fucking rare blah 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 shit that made them No, everything was kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. You had an fucking, equal chance at yeah, everything. The the backup infielder you had the same chances of you getting that as well as, like, say, a fucking, you know, Don Mattingly. Yeah. I mean, when we did our live box open here. Yeah. Vast majority of that box is no Trash. People who that was their greatest greatest accomplishment in their life was, I got to be on a baseball card one year. Yeah. You know, my, my one year in the majors, I got to be on a card. Yeah. And, but their card was in every pack just as much as fucking Mattingly's or Boggs or any or Canseco any big player from that time right now it's oh there's five cards in this pack it's 15 bucks for the pack yeah uh, you're guaranteed to get a hologram what, that who's takes, a what's it that takes the fun out of it for me yeah I'm like no I do think it's cool uh, there's a guy I follow on uh, Twitter that uh, and also on, on YouTube that uh He's like into it big time. He'll he buys like uh, whatever Jordan's rookie year was. He'll buy a box of the unopened like fifty grand, where there's a pretty good chance there's going to be a Jordan in there. And yeah. like he'll do unboxing videos of you know get the white cotton gloves and open a pat you know a whole box of nineteen eighty seven Fleer or whatever. See, you know, I'd whatever. watch that just because I bet that would be cool to watch. Yeah, but. that I I get that. Yeah, I don't get. Like what it has turned into yeah. now, it's kind of unfortunate. But no, you, it's like you go to a sports card place now and look at just like what is in a typical pack, and you're like, yeah. The the whole set's like fifteen people, yeah, and with like eight different cards. Right, right. <laughs> it's like it, that's no fun for me. I liked that one. Mark Mark McGuire came on the scene in '87. He had a rookie. He had a card that year. But he also then, like, all of a sudden, a card from two years yes, prior that no one that gave was, a fuck about that was, was all so of a sudden cool. a big deal. Yeah. Like, holy shit, he's on the Olympic team. Yeah. And then you tried to get other Olympic players because you never knew. Right. They might be. You know, that was half the fun of baseball cards was maybe this guy turns into something awesome, maybe he doesn't. It was pretty cool because we used to do it all the time when all of a sudden, because, you know, guys hit at different different yeah. points of their career. You know, sometimes it takes a couple of years. Yeah, you'd go and, back. Like, we'd go back through our commons, and it was like finding yeah. the like, holy grail. holy shit, I have this. And, yeah. I, and I flipped past it a thousand times. Because yep. he was nothing then. Yeah. But now, yeah. he just hit 49 home runs. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's And then the ultimate culmination of that is, I think, NFTs. Yeah. Like, to a certain degree, like, I kind of get Top Shot mm-hmm. and... I think that I don't, if there isn't already, there's going to be an NFL variant of Top Shot. And if you don't know what Top Shot is, it's just as dumb as the ape stuff, but at least there's something kind of behind it. You can be the owner of a play. Mm-hmm. 
And the bigger the play was, the more historic the play is. In this economy, you can be the only person that owns it. And that, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. It's still a little weird. Yeah. You're still trading imaginary shit. Right. But I get that that in this, like if, if me and you and a thousand other people, we decide as a collective, look, this is the economy. We're only using these specific, these this form of video clip mm -hmm. is what matters here. Yeah. You can't just go rip it somewhere else and be like, hey, I've got it too. I get that because there's something <clears throat> behind it. Yes, it's the fucking uh, uh, Jordan dunking on John Stark's play. Yeah. Yes, fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it when it turns into the 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 apes, and I keep mentioning the apes because they're like the most popular one. There's also like crypto punks, which is even worse wow. than the apes because it's worse art. I didn't it's, even know that. One. It is. It's eight bit. Uh, I mean, I, I could, pr if I had whatever they used to make it, Microsoft I Microsoft Paint? <laughs> Not quite. But, well, it, you know what it's, it's very similar to? It's very similar to any 8-bit game you would play where you get to choose your character. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I, 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 it, it's not remotely impressive art, but yet because some of them have, only a couple of them have red oh, hair geez, and yeah. blue. Did you look it up? Yeah, like. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Nailed it. Something that the artist is literally churning out in probably two minutes. And probably at a certain... I'm guessing not even the artist. You just hit... You just put all these traits in, hit a randomizer, yeah. and make 10,000 of them mm -hmm. in a minute. It's bananas to me. We've gone on way too long about fucking... Uh, CryptoPunks uh, NFTs sell at Christie's for $16.9 million. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel it's all just money laundering. It's all just a way to money launder. Yeah. We put uh, between NFTs and um, uh, Seagal movies. That's <laughs> how people are moving their money nowadays. Because there's no other logical explanation. The next, the next evolution is uh, <laughs> NFTs of Seagal. <laughs> Here's the official Attack Force Scene One NFT. Jesus, if if I knew a goddamn bit about how to do this shit, I'd be doing that. Oh, tonight. we'd be fucking. We'd, I'd be like, yeah, we're we doing fucking Seagal cryptos tonight. Fortune. We get together with the, the Red Eye Review guy <laughs> and make, make Seagal NFTs. We could make audio NFTs of different people doing the Seagal voice. I don't know. Uh, Cohen's? Yeah. You've watched a, you watched a bunch in a row this week, I think, right? Yeah, I, oh, I know I did the week prior. Nope, I did. I, I cranked a bunch out right, right in a row. Uh, yeah, I watched Hail Caesar, Raising Arizona, Blood Simple, and Tall Book Cruelty. Uh, I have no interest in intolerable cruelty. It doesn't even look like a Coen Brothers movie. It's it's it, and it doesn't. It, it kind of isn't. It's like a photocopy of a Coen's brother movie. Um, I know it wasn't. It's like the only one that wasn't one of their original product pro projects. Like the, from what I've heard, they kind of did it as a favor to Clooney. Yeah, Clooney was like signed on to this and was like, "Hey, what can you guys do with it?" Yeah, because um, it just uh, it. But the weird thing is, is it could have easily been one of theirs. Because it's got, like, that madcap kind of screwball comedy shit that, yeah. you know, that's in, like, Hail Caesar. Um, which, again, also doesn't always work. Um, it's got a, it's got a good cast, but it doesn't have their cast. Yeah. Like... Is it just Clooney? No, uh, Billy Bob is in it uh, very, very briefly. But, that's it. It's not their usual cast of people. And yeah. it's, like, the the people that aren't... Clooney and Billy Bob and I mean, even Zeta Jones I don't think it, 
they don't they think they're in just a regular movie. Yeah, that's kind of, okay. The, the more you talk about the I, and again, I have not seen this movie, but I'm picturing what you're saying that they're they're in a straight they're just playing it straight. In a straight romantic comedy that's kind of mean. Yeah. Um cuz the wonderful thing about if, uh both uh, Tarantino takes it to the max, mm-hmm. but Cohen's also do it. And it goes back to earlier what we said about uh, Jordan Peele. You just know it when you see it. Yeah. They have their own universe. And if it if it doesn't feel quite like it's yeah. in-universe, the movie doesn't work. Yeah, because even their, their less successful films for me, like, say, Lady Killers mm-hmm. or Hail Caesar. Um, and what Christ, the other one they made, um, Burn After Reading. Those all... F- are unmist- they unmistakably feel like a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. This just doesn't. Yeah. Um, and it it makes me feel like it was just kind of a job for hire for them. Yeah. Like, they didn't and even... it might have been. And they didn't even really bother and invest themselves in it. Mm. Like, nope, we're going to make this, but any really good ideas that we might have had for this, we're going to save for something else that we do. What uh, What really good... What year was that? What really good uh, Coen Brothers would have been near it? 2003... So, so I mean, before No Country, it's before, before No Country, but like right after, it's like three years after Oh Brother, one year, yeah. two years after The Man Who Wasn't There. So it's, it's not like they weren't making good movies around that time. Yeah. They sure as fuck were. It just, they got a paycheck from it, I think, and did George a favor, and uh, made what would have been an otherwise t- probably very terrible film into at least something watchable. Uh. It's a mean film. Yeah. Like, there's nobody to root for in this. And I actually read a review of it that actually made really good sense for me. It is like, it is them completely pissing on rom-coms. Yeah. It's them tearing it to pieces. Because by the time the two characters get together at the end, which is usually like, the oh, they finally got together. You hate both fucking characters so much that you don't want them to get together. Mm. But then they make them get together and that kind of pisses you off even more. So it's like, I think it's them just totally taking a shit on it, on, on rom-coms, hmm. in their own little special way. But still, it's not enough of them to make me... I mean, it's a good take. It's our weekly visit from Tilly. <laughs> we'll pause for a second while Tilly gets a water, probably. All right, we're back. Tilly wanted to know if she could run around the house, because it is loud when she does that. You've probably already heard it, because she has been doing it anyway. Yep. Um, expect more of that, even though I asked her to wait. But who knows? She just likes to run around, and she... There it is. That's what I can. Yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. Uh, uh, she does, like, workouts. What else I watch? Ah, uh, Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. That movie, it just... It stuns me how good that film is for a fucking debut film. Like, that film, it's just so sweaty and dirty. so cheap. And, yeah, like, they made did on that, the cheap. They did that with no money. <laughs> but it's, it's a great fucking film. It's... It, it, it makes me mad now that they went so long before making another film like that. Mm. And Miller's Crossing is still kind of close. But I mean, just like that level of crime film. I mean, that's, it's pretty much Till No Country that they made something like that. Man, Ray is just so frustratingly stupid in that movie. Yeah, and the one guy like, we never really hear from for a career. Nope. Like, I don't even know what the hell else that guy's been in. Nope. But yeah, he's frustratingly oh dumb. God. Like, oh, like... You're, you're the do. worst criminal. Oh, well, it's like he's not Ever. really right. Right. It's the whole wrong man pulled into a situation and just misunderstanding everything that he's doing and Dip what the point shit. of it is. <laughs> um, but fucking M. Emmett Walsh. Oh yeah. my god, he is so good in that fucking movie. And I mean, just 
the scene where like he's reached through to try to unlock the other window or open the other window and she stabs his hand and he then yeah. shoot, shoots the wall between and just the way that was shot, I'm like, fuck, that's beautiful. Like, what a great shot that is. Um, makes me wish they... they. I want to see them and Sam Raimi work together again. Because, I mean, like, they worked on, like, Evil... Like, they worked on Evil Dead when Evil Dead came out. They were the oh, editor. I didn't know that. Yeah, one of them was the editor on it. Um... They co-wrote a film with Raimi called Crime Wave, which I finally fucking secured a copy of, which I'll be watching this week. I had to fucking order a Region B copy. Um, it's apparently garbage, but it's an early 80s film that the three of them wrote, so I have to see it. Um, but, yeah, Blood Simple, so fucking good. Raising Arizona. And it's weird that they went from that to Raising Arizona. Was that the very next one? Yeah. Again, tonally... Completely different, although, but still similar. Although, yeah, although it set the tone for the way their whole career. I yeah, mean, yeah. These can, guys don't stay in the same genre from like one film to the next. <laughs> but yet, they're all very clearly mm-hmm. Coen Brothers movies. I haven't rewatched Racing Arizona in a long time. I'll have to. I'll have to add that to my end of the month list. Yeah, it's 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 not their best film, but it's my favorite. It's because I just know it. I know it backward and forth. Some nice cereal What's... flakes, Miss McDonough. Sure, is, sure are some good cereal flakes, Miss McDonough, as he eats his corn flakes. What's my? I don't know what my favorite is. That's tough. Yeah, because it might be No Country, which is also their best, I yeah. think. And then again, I, I rewatched Fargo, which is still a fucking five star film. Yeah, Fargo's probably. Nah, Fargo is probably my favorite. It's certainly more enjoyable. Yeah. No Country is very depressing, <laughs> but it's. It's just so good you don't it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Like the the it's incredibly tense in scenes and like it does not end well for anyone. Anyone really. Um Bardem just kinda comes out out of it with a limp. I mean he's yeah. He got his job done. Yeah, but you don't even him you you're like who knows how much longer he did this. Right. Like he could have very well died on his next job. <laughs> uh he's not living a happy life. No. No matter what. He wasn't living a happy life before he showed up in this movie. And Tommy Lee Jones sure as fuck didn't need this to be his last thing before he was... No. Uh, no. Much like Somerset in Woody, Seven. Woody Harrelson doesn't come up, meet a good end. Uh. <laughs> no, but see, that that's... See, the Woody Harrelson uh, is low-key the best character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, he is an exposition dump. But done in the best way that maybe I've ever seen an exposition dump handled, mm-hmm. uh, and also the the line delivery <laughs> when he's when he's first talking, like when he's like, "It's compared to what <laughs> <laughs> the plague is just top notch stuff." Yeah. Um, and then to have that set up that he is kind of literally a white hat, uh, although not a good one, mm-hmm. uh, but he is wearing a white hat. Versus Anton Chigger is still no match mm-hmm. and is like immediately dealt with <laughs> like within like two minutes. Yeah, I know you expect you expect Woody's character to be like some sort a of big heroic yeah. thing, and it's like nope. Like that he is some sort of kind of oh finally this movie because so far like the the setup of the movie is that none of these people are prepared for this. Yeah, like Llewellyn Moss is just a. Speaking of dumb, a dumb fucking hick who comes. Up. I mean, it's a it's a typical film noir type of thing yeah. where a, an ordinary schmo comes across something doesn't that know doesn't know what he's getting himself into, and and 
and he, but has the confidence of a man who thinks he does. He's yeah. like, yeah, I got this handled. Yeah. And his wife's like, mm, nothing more confident than a mediocre white man. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And then whole you know, genre of film has been devoted to this. Uh, even Tommy Lee Jones has been sheriffing for his whole life, and it runs in his family and all that stuff. He's never seen shit like this. He's yeah. not ready for this sort of thing. He's, you know, clearing out drunks and yeah. stuff like that. He's not. This is not what he got into sheriffing. Pro- property disputes. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, this so, shit. Somebody's cat cattle like went onto somebody else's property. That's yeah. what he's been dealing with. He, not a fucking guy with a fucking you know air gun. Not, that's been popping. This is not what he's been doing for his his whole career, and doesn't need. And so finally, you get Woody Harrelson, the first person who actually seems to be on the same level mm-hmm. as uh, Javier Bardem, and then he's just immediately killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried, guys. Yep. Um, it. I don't know. We'll, I will talk about it more, I guess. Yeah, I'll, watch, wa- it, I'll watch it this week. Because, um, yeah, this week I plan on watching that. Oh, shit. I feel like there's another one. Have you watched Miller's Crossing this month? No, that's coming this week, too. All right, so I'll finally break down and buy my, that. my Blu-ray finally arrived. My Criterion Blu-ray finally arrived, so. It's ten bucks on Voodoo. I'll grab it. Because um, uh, I've never seen that. Yeah, Hail Caesar, uh, the other one I watched. Um... It's middling Coen Brothers. Fun it's story. A, it's a good time. Yeah. I wish... It's missing something. I don't know what. It's There's mis- something that's me, just not for there. For me, it's miscast. I love Josh Brolin. I don't love him in this role. Yeah. He, he's not... He's too straight of a straight man, almost. Um. Well, I think the... I get that. I, I think the... Maybe the point of that is like he is your him. Yeah. Imagine you with all this fucking crazy yeah. shit happening around you. Everyone around him is so with that movie the, big. The individual scenarios are fucking great. Mm. The stuff with fucking Jonah Hill and uh, Scarlett Johansson. That's <laughs> the best scene in the movie. Love that scene. Not my my favorite scene is the fucking the tap dancing seaman. Mm, yeah, uh, the Channing Tatum scene, the Dame song. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty good. Then you get the scene with Clooney, with them trying to explain fucking communism to Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. That's the thing. There are so many great individual scenes in this movie that I'm just like, like Tilda Swinton. I feel is wasted in this. Yeah, she, she's just barely in it. I um, will say, uh, but she's yes. She should have been used more, but I think they were trying to, like, uh, do a less is more with her, yeah. where I think more would have been more. Yeah, I wonder if this had been more of, like, a longer Buster Scruggs anthology type of thing. Well, that's what a lot of them feel like anyway. Buster Scruggs is just, uh, that's what it is, is yeah. different little vignettes. But that also had two hours and, like, 15 minutes devoted, whereas yeah. Hail Caesar was, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. I think. Uh, it, was, it didn't feel long. No, it's not terribly long. But, like, uh, I feel like that's a theme in a lot of their things. Uh, 106, so, well, longer than I felt. Longer than I thought. Uh, what was the other one? Well, like, Oh Brother is basically just different yeah. little fun scenarios but that have the, nothing to do with but anything else. But for that, the, the characters pulling you through it are mm. fun. Yes. Brolin's character is not, not fun. I well, what I'll say about the communists is the first scene with the communists, I laughed my ass off because mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. 
when it went back to them a second and a third time, mm. I felt the movie bogged down. Yeah. Um, they didn't... Once the joke was told the first time, they didn't need to tell it again later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they kind of do. Oh, yeah. But Clooney's reaction to it is pretty awesome because he's so dumb. But he's into it. He's <laughs> so in because it, it, he feels like it feels like he's the kind of guy you could talk into anything. Wait, oh, he immediately makes their cause about <laughs> something that happened to him on a yes. Hollywood set, which is nothing having to do God. with it. And I do love the fact that the MacGuffin of the whole thing with the kidnapping in the case of money ends up at the bottom of the ocean. Right. That they're all like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> that wasn't really their big thing. Right. And that's very Coen Brothers. Yeah. Where, like, everyone else's case of, like, $100,000 would have been, like, the thing. And they're like, oh, well, it's not as important as his dog. (laughs) Shit, is it? Because the case never gets recovered in no country, right? No one ever goes and gets it. Nope. And the same with Fargo. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the others. The the, the fucking Elden... Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scenes. Yep. <laughs> the scenes with him and Rafe Fines were fucking genius. <laughs> if it twere, what is it? What's the if line? Torrent. Torrent. What does he end up saying? I care. In the final cut of the movie, it's it's see that like yeah. that that is a good joke. Yeah. The setup for that joke is really well done because yeah. it's over like a thirty minute period, three <laughs> different scenes, and then finally they show the final cut of it, and he skips the line altogether. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's just something missing from that. As a whole, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't. Yeah, but again, in, tri- in typical Cone Brothers fashion, you can pick certain scenes and like this is the most brilliant thing I've seen. Mm. It just doesn't go together super well, which most of their movie movie. Well, it's tough though because it's like saying you know these guys are fucking masters. Everything they've everything they've ever made is a good film. Yeah, uh, they've uh, never made a bad movie. Right, and I feel like if uh, if I had seen and enjoyed. Do we uh, lower our rating on uh, something like that, like Hail Caesar, because their other stuff is so good? Yep. Do you think if someone else had made Hail Caesar, we would think it was a better movie? Probably. Would you give it a four? What, did you give it a three and a half? That's three and a half. I was, yeah. I was well, a that's the thing. Between like Hail Caesar, Lady Killers, and um, Intolerable Cruelty, and... Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading. Those are all b- between three and fours. Intolerable Cruelty is the only one that got a three because for me, that's their worst movie. Yeah. It's still a very fine movie that is very well done. Uh, Hail Caesar better than Burn After Reading? I think it is. I think I liked it more. I don't know. I, I don't. For me, it's a no. But only because I love fucking Brad Pitt's character in fucking Burn After Reading yeah. so much. And Clooney and his fucking... Sex thing, yeah. Um, it, it's <laughs> better funny. use of Til- will, better use of Tilda Swinton. That will never um, not be funny. No, the that the thing that he's been working on, this great invention of <laughs> has been like a Canadian rocker fuck thing. Yeah, <laughs> that will never not be funny. Yeah, and he's so like, see, yeah, <laughs> isn't this fucking great? Yeah. <sighs> no, I, yeah, I, yeah. From, for me, Similar I think, to the guy in Seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he put it on me, told me to fuck her, and I fucked her. 
Oh, uh, man, no one can do a freak out like Leland Orser, man. Man. Um, yeah, so for, like, for my Cone Brothers, the, the bottom ranking will probably be, like, Intolerable. <sighs> probably then Lady Killers, then Hail Caesar, then Burn. But again... And everything outside of those is... Yeah. Like, great stuff. Yeah, every, like really every, everything great is stuff. In, Everything after that is easily a four-star fucking film yeah. for me. Easily. And even Buster Scruggs, one that I wasn't that warm on at first. The second time I watched it, I'm like, no, this is really fucking good. It did produce a really good... Uh, also, with a Harry Potter character, supporting character. Who's in it? The fucking armless legless kid. That's the fucking... That's uh, Harry's cousin. Huh. The fat kid. Oh, yeah, Dudley. Du- Dudley? Uh, yeah, th- yeah, that's Dudley. That ki- the, the armless legless guy that Liam Neeson carts around and eventually throws off a bridge is Dudley. Andrea had never seen that before, and she was just like... He just threw that kid off a fucking bridge. Oh, she hadn't seen Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's what he because he's now got the chicken. The <laughs> um, yeah, the it, it did produce a great uh, Franco meme of the <laughs> first, first time. time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because that one for me is the worst story in that, and even that's fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> pan shot. <laughs> <laughs> like it makes no fucking sense, but I love it. Uh, man, like their top, their top five, top, whatever are, like, yeah, really. When when next I go to like stuff. finally rank all of these, I'm gonna go back and forth on my top five like six times. I feel before I, and even once I set it, I'll probably be like a week later. Go, no, I gotta change these two. Yeah. Well, I, I the beauty of that is I have in my head flip flopped. Uh, my like in my in my head my bong ranking and I don't feel bad about it at all, mm-hmm. um, because when they're all, they're all fours good. and fives, yeah. who cares? Like, oh, Hudson and Hudsucker Proxy is a three and a half for me. I don't think I've seen that. You know, either. for kids. That's the Tim Robbins. One, That's right? the Tim Robbins and um, Paul Newman. All comes back to Paul Newman, right? And that one's yes. another one that gets a lot of weird hate because a lot of people hate on Jennifer Jason Leigh's character. She's a very fast-talking dame, you see? She's one of those. <laughs> but it's like, it fits. Yeah. I don't get why you hate it in that because it fits. Mm. That's what she, She's a 1940s fucking, or 50s reporter. Mm. That's what... She, so they're playing into that. Yeah. What else we got? That's all I can... That's all I really want to. Although next week, I do want to talk about, because I watched it at the end of January. At some point, we have to talk about You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Oh, okay. No need to do it this week, because <laughs> I, I want a better lead-in than, <laughs> than that. But yeah. uh, Is your still, is your top, we'll do stats next week, too, because yeah. uh, speaking of that, because you're... That, you that'll be a perfect stat, because he's still in the top for my actors. In your tops, uh, actors. Your, Frances uh, McDormand is coming on like a fucking hurricane, but oh yeah, she's near the top. She she and uh, Balsam are near the top. Are at the top of mine, I think, right now. Um, who was sneaking into mine from from? Uh, who was? Yeah, David Arquette is still my number two. That's pretty funny. But yeah, there. Oh, oh there's John Goodman. There's Stephen Root. There's yeah. Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh. Yeah, Ethan uh, Ethan Cohen is my number two director, tied with Wes Craven right now. Yeah, so I've got Joel at eight, Ethan at five, mm-hmm. and then uh, Spielberg, Lumet, and Del Toro at four. Ugh. 
And then yeah, it's more. Well, I mean, my number, my, my tied for my number three is fucking Edgar Wright, which I don't feel bad about. Yeah. But my number five is John Turtletop. Nice. Because of his two direct, because of him directing both national treasure films. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so I've got an eight, a five, and then Spielberg, Lumet, Del Toro at four, and then Fincher and Tarantino and Taika at nice. two. Um, but yeah, my actors. Oh, oh, that Francis. reminds me. Have you seen the trailer yet for the new Taika Pirate Show? Yeah. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> uh, Our flag means death or something, something like, like that. that yeah. something. Cannot wait. Uh, yeah, mine is. Actually, it's a three-way tie at four for Francis, Martin Balsam, and Josh Brolin. And it's Morgan Freeman for three very different movies, Seven Unforgiven and Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Good stuff. And who the fuck is Santiago Segura? He's in, the, he's in both Hellboys and uh, Pacific Rim. He's in Pacific Rim. Is he the scientist? I don't know. I think I think he's the creepier scientist. The slicker. I think he looks completely different there. Oh. But I think I think he's the one who kind of teams with Charlie Day. Okay. I think that's him. Okay. Not fucking sure though. Yeah. It's always weird when that happens. I've got someone in my in mind. I'm like I I don't know who that fucking person is, but then I've got a pr- uh... yeah. Well, I mean, I know who she is. She, it's Thomas and Mackenzie. Yeah. But, but like, who, Lawrence Hecht. Who's that guy? He, he's been in this, two of the Scream films and the Scream. That's what, I hate that they include the documentaries. So I don't if like I, that If either. I walk, watch a documentary, they, like, if it's a documentary, like, you cannot kill David Arquette, okay. Yeah. But. I don't like that either. Yeah. Because Courtney Cox Jack is. Because Courtney Cox is also in that. Yeah. So. Mine's pretty straightforward. But yeah, like Roger Jackson is probably going to be in my top ten for the year because he does the he does Ghostface's voice. Oh, so he's been in all five Scream films plus the documentary I watched. Right. So he will likely st- he will go no higher than six, most likely. Right. Yeah. Because you stay that. Right. I've tapped him out in, in January. Yep. Oh, I've got. Like I don't. I don't. I don't see David Arquette going super much higher unless it's accidental. <laughs> Accidental Arquette. My uh, my day spread out. My Thursday, Friday, Saturday are all exactly the same. This year, I'm very high on Fridays. Fridays and Saturdays. Last year was Wednesdays, but then again, this year I have a job. Right. So that'll do um, it. And then next month uh, is going to be the onslaught of Mads Mikkelsen. Ah uh, yes. I've got like twenty of them now. I've like accumulated them. Whoa. I'm going to watch through the various hunt. sources. And I convinced the dudes on Video Monsters they're doing. March Madness as well. Oh. So we're all going to do it. We're all picking a, uh, a Mads Mikkelsen film to watch for, for that podcast. So I am going to watch The Hunt. I am too. That's I can't wait to see that one. It's on the, I, it's on the Letterboxd 250. Yeah. I've been plugging away at that. I'm up to... I'm at, I'm at like 136 or something like that. 126. Oh, see, I'm way, way lower than that because it's just stuff that I've watched since 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I took out ones that I haven't <laughs> watched since... Yeah, I'm at like 25. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll do our stats next week. That'll be a fun show for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, back next week. Hopefully, what? Oh, I think. Uh, Ooh, Colin, actually, Colin. I cannot do next week. Okay, because we'll be in Boston. Oh, we'll, actually, no, no, because we're getting back Sunday. That's right. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, might watch Colin and I. I think we're going to go to Uncharted tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, because it's playing in Dover. Yeah. 
I might go to. Let me know if you do, because I will be home. We're gonna go. We're, we oh, have appointments Bangor. in Bangor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think we're gonna go to the twelve thirty at uh, the mall one. Um, I might also go to a debut day viewing of Batman mm. next next Jesus, Friday. That's coming. Right comes up. out. Yeah, it comes out the third. Um, mm. I might. I don't know. Say, which day can I be sick for school? <laughs> sick on Friday the fourth and go to the twelve thirty with me. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to plan it around. Uh, PT visit, but I don't know if it's going to work out, because I think I've already scheduled my PT for that week. Yeah, it's going to be on the second. Anyway, uh, whatever happens, will happen, and we'll talk about it next week. Well, that was a good ending. Bye. <laughs>